Just give me a chance to explain. What's to explain? Because of you, that murdering bastard still alive. So what? So what? You want to call break the lip? Do you have any idea what he is? Mac, it doesn't matter what he is. It's got to stop. What's got to stop? All of it. The fighting, the dying, the taking heads. Mac, it's got to go. Listen to me. We can end it. Because you say so? Just hear me out, okay? Someone taught you to fight. Someone taught him that, and someone before that. Because that's the way it is. That's not the way it has to be. Mac, I am talking about peace. All of us living in peace. It can't happen. Why not? Because of men like Colbraith. Butter plays hell with the digestion. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. What? <laughs> yak butter. You guys don't that's, like yak butter? That yak sounds like butter. a euphemism for jizz. But oh, yeah, <laughs> face full of yak butter. <laughs> face full of yak butter. Oh boy, I am sorry for that joke, everyone. I'm about to churn some yak butter. Ew. Ew. <laughs> I'm about to yak some yak butter. <laughs> Is that you throwing it up? Yeah. I'm about to whack some yak butter. Oh, now we're talking. Mm. Oh, boy. Eamon's fresh whack butter. <laughs> this is a show where each and every week we talk about a different facet of the Highlander universe. And jizz. And jizz. That's actually pretty constant. I'm uh, a 34-year-old man. You're a 34-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we are here to talk about... What episode, Keith? The Messenger. The season mes- 5, episode 9. But we can't do this on an empty stomach. We gotta satiate our appetite, not with yak butter, but with products from the Highlander catalog. <laughs> you know, like, yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> you didn't like that one? No, this is all gold. I love it. <laughs> I love that. Okay. I like it. I, I like, like it. it. I, I like it. it. Fan favorite movie hook. Rufio. Looky, looky, I got hooky. Guys, we're going to be reading out of the Highlander catalog, and if this is your first time joining us, we're going to play a little game where Kyle and Eamon have to guess the price of a Highlander product. Just guess me the price. That's right. (laughs) Whoever gets closest to the price uh, gets to give their, uh, not only do they win my respect, but they get to give their opinion first at the end of the episode. Are you guys ready to play? Born that way. That's right. Ready, Freddy. This week, we are going to be talking about items 423H and 423W from the 1999 Highlander catalog. I I was only here to talk about T, so I'm I'm at a disadvantage here, Eamon. All right. Uh We are talking about Richie's Road Journal. Oh, what? Yeah, what indeed? (laughs) (laughs) What? Okay. We never actually saw Richie write anything down. Still, this generation... Ever. We never, ever saw Richie Wright. He's not Richie Wrighton. <laughs> Still, this Generation X hinged license what? plate road journal seems appropriate for his youthful musings. His youthful... Mu- what? Is this him writing song lyrics? <laughs> and writing about that kid that isn't his? <laughs> also features address and phone number pages. With ringed notebook style closure and 100% recycled paper. 
Five and a half That's good. by six by two. Why are there two product numbers on it? That's a great question, Kyle. You can get these in two different styles. One is a Highlander style, and the other one is a Watcher. This is part of their... They have an entire collection of license plate. Oh, fake I license forgot plate, about Like, these. license yeah. plate shit. <laughs> so, one of them has the Watcher insignia. It just says Watcher on it. And the other has Duncan getting a quickening, is black and red, and has, you know, just says Highlander. We never actually saw Richie write anything down, but, <laughs> but. he does have a journal with a picture of his best friend on yeah. it and the word Highlander. <laughs> Guys, it's a Gen X thing. With, what associates this with Richie? That it's a, That's a road journal? Why He's it, like a guy on the road, Why is I guess. it just called the Watcher Road Journal? Yeah, if, any, if anybody should have a journal. Also, why it's did the they make watchers. this? Why didn't they make like a watcher journal? Like just a leather-bound, leather-bound journal, journal with just with the uh, fucking stamped insignia on it. Gold. Make your own chronicle today. Yeah. <laughs> You've written it already. Yeah. I'm already there. <laughs> in, embroidered in legendary leather. Experience the timeless quality of 100% recycled paper <laughs> in this premium watcher chronicle. Eminent craftsmen from craftsman products bring you this world-renowned watching book. <laughs> watching book. Comes with two eye holes so you can watch through the book. <laughs> well, guys, what do you think it costs? The well, Richie's guys. Road Journal. <laughs> Who guessed last time? Was it you? It doesn't matter. Or was Go. it me? They're I'm the a- same price, by the way. I'm going to guess Go. these are $19.99. I'm going to guess $14.95. $95. So you went with $99. You went with $95. No $98 still. We have not learned. No $98 degrees. Well, that's because it hasn't come up since the first one. <laughs> that's true. The pricing is all over the map. Kyle, you guessed what? $19.99. $19.99. Eamon, you guessed? $14.95. Wow. <laughs> you guys are in for a shocker. Uh-oh. <laughs> this item cost $49. What? $95. Is it made of gold? Gold? There it Why? is. Why? Here it is. That's it. It's a journal. It's that's it. Is that a CD? Well, the one above it is a CD case, but we're not uh, we're not on that product right now. Oh, I see. God damn. Forty dollars for that? Forty nine dollars for that? Fifty dollars for that? How much? Do they just charge for the license plate on its own? That's insanity. I don't. Hold on. I don't even see that. Why don't they charge for the license plate on its own? Is that it? Oh, here it is. Uh, they charge thirty dollars for the license plate. So it's thirty dollars plus whatever crap they bootstrap onto it. <laughs> so for for a license plate cut in half. Yeah, I mean they do have to cut it and fix it. Oh, they do have to cut it. <laughs> oh well, that's yeah, that's an extra twenty bucks right there. I mean, apparently you could get sword keeps. Oh for no, that wait, price. I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I did not read you the price for the for the license plate. I what read you the fuck. I read you a price for a frame to uh, put the license plate in. We'll get, to, we'll get to that later on uh, another date, <laughs> apparently. Uh, yeah, I do not I actu- could have had a heart attack. Oh, here it is. Highlander yeah. or Watcher auto license plate, as shown on all products, it says. Uh, 1995. So it's okay. $20 for the license plate. $30, $30 to for turn the, it into a journal. journal. Wow. <laughs> it's that recycled paper that's adding the cost. These were different times, guys. Yeah. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> what's the point of recycling if it could cost more? <laughs> may help the globe, but it doesn't help my bottom line, man. Who's this guy? This is me, Wasteful William. Wasteful <laughs> William. Wow. Is, is I don't a... recycle nothing. Okay. Are you related to our friend Angelo at all? No, I don't like that guy. I don't eat bread. But you know him. <laughs> but you know Angelo. I do know him. <laughs> you see him around the block? 
all of a sudden my voice is sounding like his. <laughs> <laughs> it's drift. I, I start well, I doing that too. When I him, think he's... about Angelo, it starts to creep. Uh, I only I'm do my. Walking here. I'm walking here. I only do my washing with bottled water. I just have case upon case. Is that because you live in Flint, Michigan? I do. <laughs> oh, no. I'm very sorry about your water situation. Me too. I, I think have, you'd be more environmentally friendly after that experience, but they have money for for space force, but not new water. <laughs> new water. <laughs> it's the new recipe. New water. The secret. All right. Well, I got to go, guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> cool. Thanks for stopping Thanks, by. Waste. Waste. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. You know, I really appreciate I'll having the opportunity <laughs> to stop by here. It just really warms my heart that you you. Give me a chance to say my piece. Yeah, here. I think you I'm have to. both warm and wasteful. <laughs> <laughs> it's a waste time. Oh, yeah. Add, add that to the moniker warm and wasteful. Warm and way. Oh, <laughs> All right. very good. But <laughs> very good. Very good. Another high point well, on the podcast. <laughs> well, it's a new favorite character, <laughs> Wasteful William. <laughs> well, it's very. <laughs> Shall we talk about Highlander? Let's. <laughs> Great. Oh, wait, who won? Uh, Kyle I won. Did. I'm sorry. I just want to make that clear for the listeners. Boo. Yes, make, make sure everyone knows <laughs> that. Kyle it's important. Favorite. Kyle has first guess and first respect. That's right. Let's talk about the dates and deets for Season 5, Episode 9, The Messenger. This I said this movie. This episode aired November 25th. 1996 a momentous day on, indeed on, on your birthday my very birthday <laughs> i was not born in 1996 i celebrated birthday i did have a birthday you did have a birthday that year on, yeah, on, that, year, on yeah. that same day yeah. did you watch this episode for your birthday imagine if i did i wonder if i did whoa Ooh. you probably did that's crazy whoa. <laughs> well he's back the man with not just two names but two first names <laughs> james bruce james Jimmy bruce. this is his second of two highlander episodes the first was haunted just two episodes ago and he did food documentaries that's all i got to say about yep. that <laughs> this episode was written by david tynan we've seen two episodes thus far from david this season which was prophecy and manhunt guest stars peter wingfield he's back as mythos and i just want to mention his movie jumping the gun is now out on amazon prime video oh like you can stream it for free if you uh, have Amazon Prime? I believe you can. And it is available on iTunes and a number of other platforms. Uh, is this a, a documentary or a fictional film? This is a fictional film. Hmm. It looks like it's like a, like a fake documentary, though. Oh, okay. Like a mockumentary. <laughs> I see. About a, a racing team or something. I, I don't mm. know. You can get more info at jumpingthegunmovie.com for all the screening things. But that is the last thing that Dr. Peter Wingfield has been in. So if you want to see him do some acting, I believe he plays a doctor in it as well. Perfect. He's getting, he's getting typecast all of a sudden. Yep. This episode also guest stars Ronald Perlman as The Messenger. Uh, Wait, that's how he's credited? Yeah. He's not credited as Mythos in quotes or something? Uh, I don't remember what's... Yeah, maybe he is. But yeah, he doesn't really have a name. So yeah. At this time, I was actually only familiar with him from Beauty and the Beast, if anyone remembers that show with Linda Hamilton. Oh, yes. Beauty and the Peace. Come right. with me if you want to live. Okay. <laughs> does he? Does Ron Perlman ever say that? In the, yeah, he the does. Hamilton? It's sketch race. <laughs> sketch race. The Beast's favorite sketch race. Uh, he has 252 IMDb. It's insane. I was thinking through. I was like, how are you in so much? Yep. Everything. Hell, Hellboy himself. That's right. Hellboy. The good one. The, the good, good one. one. Yeah. I can't believe those movies are the good one. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy them. Yeah, I like I, them, but... I enjoy the first ten minutes of the first one. <laughs> wow! Damn! When it's like a period thing. 
Oh that's yeah, great. that's cool. Before Ron Perlman's in it, uh, <laughs> baby Hellboy, Hell yeah. Hell baby, Hell baby. <laughs> and uh, the second one's just wacky and wild, and I'm wacky and wild. And I'm just like this follows the first one. How? <laughs> Whatever. But that is right. He is uh, the Hellboy. He was also Clayface slash Matt Hagen in Batman TAS, the animated series. That's right. Uh, and he was also one of my favorite roles in the original. I shouldn't say, well, kind of the the original live action tick. Uh, he was Fiery Blaze. Oh, that, that Which is a rules. hysterical episode where it's all about relationship problems. And he's uh, an abusive superhero to his junior sidekick. sidekick. It's yeah. great. Oh, that sounds it's awesome. It's really good. Hilarity ensues. Ron Perlman's in literally everything, though. You didn't mention one of his most famous roles in Sons of Anarchy. I, I, he was also in Sons of Anarchy, <laughs> ironically, is the character Clay. He played Clayface. It's on my notes. I was getting oh, there. Oh, okay. So you okay. interrupted. He's also in Alien Resurrection, right? Mm. I believe, with Winona Ryder. And let's not forget his best role in Season of the Witch. <laughs> Season of the oh, Witch boy. with Nicolas, Nicolas Cage. Cage. He's been on a Where lot. Where they, they escort a witch through plague-era medieval <sighs> times. Is she really a witch? Well, she turns out to be the devil. Spoiler alert. Oh, you mean like Duncan in the last episode? Yeah. <laughs> the literal devil. Really? Yes. Is it, is it good? I've heard that movie's like crazy in no. a good way. It's basically a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Oh. Yeah, it's not good. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I like it because it's a dumb Nicolas Cage movie. Well, that's it's what a, I mean. Is it yeah. a good, but like, no, shitty it's not, movie? It's a, good, it's, it's a good shitty movie. It's a good use of, it's <laughs> I a good, can't get a clear... Like, it's a good use of 85 minutes if you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm drunk. <laughs> I'm being serious. If, you, if you're like a little tipsy and you've got 80 minutes to kill, go for it. A little bit of tipsy. He's in Blade 2. Ron Perlman. The blade name. He plays a, a, a vampire. Vampire. We could just go on for an hour. <laughs> this entire episode is just talking about Ron what, what the fuck is Ron Perlman doing? <laughs> He's in the Brotherhood of Steel in the Fallout video games. Oh. Yeah, he does a lot of voice work. Yeah. He's in Drive. I like him in Drive. Drive. Starring, How do you like uh, him in Drive, Ang- or, uh, Drive Angry? Angry? Drive Angry Ooh. Birds. Yeah. I like Drive Angry. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> See, they made a sequel to Drrr, uh, Angry Birds. Dizzy? <laughs> Angrier Birds. Well, no, I don't know if he's in it. I'm just saying uh, they made a sequel. It looks stupid. Unlike the first one? <laughs> yeah, that one was really good. They, they literally <laughs> they really made a, a video game out, or a, a movie out of a video game in which you shoot birds with a slingshot so Rovio or whatever that companies can steal your data. <laughs> If anybody's going to steal my data, I'm glad it's those angry birds. That's right. I'm glad that they at least have the decency to be angry about it while they steal my data. <laughs> They're unhappy. Who else isn't happy? Robert Weiston as Colonel William Everett Colbraith. Am I going to have problems with the name Colbraith throughout this episode? Yep. Yes. Is it a really a name? Who knows? This is his second Highlander episode. The first was as Werner in The Return of Amanda. Don't like remember that character. I don't either. I guess he was one of the bad Nazi people. Werner. One of the bad Nazis. Or was he the spy they were trying to sneak out? No, they were trying to sneak out that scientist guy. Was his name Who Werner. is it, it, like accidentally credited as Dan Castellaneta. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> I remember in our episode, Dan Castellaneta is erroneously credited as playing that scientist. Oh God. <laughs> Not close. But the thing that's funny is the actual guy that plays the scientist is credited as well. Like, they're both listed there playing the same character. Great. Uh, but this is, uh, yeah, his second Highlander episode. He's also been in The Exiles, Smallville, SG-1. All Vancouver-based shows. And in SG-1, he was Colonel Sanders. Uh, he was also Richard Nixon 
in, in the, Watchmen. In Watchmen. Wowzers. <laughs> Which I I actually recently watched that movie. Well, a couple months ago, I guess now. And I You watched the Watchmen. I did watch the Watchmen. Who watches them? Me on streaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna say on Blu-ray, but that wasn't true. Uh, I did not recognize him, and didn't, no. I don't know. But he's wearing like a lot of Nixon makeup in that. Does so. it look like Nixon? Yep. So that's our rundown. <laughs> oh, I want to interject Messinger. briefly. Deborah Messinger? What? Yeah, Deborah, Deborah Messinger. I want to talk about uh, Lloyd Berry, who played Harry the Boat Guy. During that Hey, Lloyd Berry, you gotta yeah. listen to this. <laughs> this is me, your, your cousin. <laughs> Lloyd? <laughs> Lloyd Berry. <laughs> So I just want to run down some of the different roles he's played. And who was this character again? I'm sorry. Uh, the guy that Mac is trying to buy the boat from. Oh, right. That iconic boat buying scene. So he's played a homeless man. <laughs> he's played homeless Harry. <laughs> he's played gardener. He's played angry man. He's played old man Polidori, old Amish man, Al the janitor, drifter. <laughs> Bum, <laughs> I'm noticing elderly pattern. man in audience. Bum again, <laughs> passerby. There's a lot of pieces of paper involved yeah. in this joke. Passenger, bartender, Olaf, sheriff, Muff Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Hold that? on, what, what is a Muff <laughs> Potter? Or who is a Muff Potter? I don't know. Foreman Miller. Foreman Miller. <laughs> I just think all these bum rolls. Yeah, a lot well, of bum he, rolls. Spoiler alert, he looks like a creep. Yeah, he looks like a yeah. crazy old man. Yeah. He does look like a crazy Hired. old man. Yeah. Actually, when he first appeared on screen, spoiler alert for two minutes in the future, I was like, is this the guy from The Lamb? Oh, I thought he was lamb. like, I was like, the this is the guy that, that got knocked on the head. Bust up, yeah. Nope, and yep. I also then, I had in my notes initially that I, uh, a whole slew of Keith theories about it's not the homeless guy from The Lamb. It's the same character from The Lamb. It was just the crazy boat guy taking his lunch break. Oh. But it's not the same actor. The yeah. Lamb. Bama. He was also in Aliens vs. Predator Requiem. Oh, with Ronald Perlman. Mm-hmm. Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie P. That's right. Isn't Ron Perlman also Slade? Is he in in one Teen, in Teen the Titans? original Teen Titans That's it. cartoon? Man, he gets around. Yeah, let's talk IMDb, <laughs> guys. This is a long one, so you know. Oh boy, get your coffee. An immortal messenger of pacifism who pretends to be Mythos to give his message weight preaches peace between immortals. Richie becomes his latest convert and tries to convince Duncan to stop taking heads as well. Right when Duncan encounters William Everett Colbraith, the immortal former commander of Andersonville Prison, where Duncan suffered part of the Civil War and lost a good friend. The messenger also tries to convert disillusioned Colbraith, whose bloodlust is unquenchable due to a personal tragic loss. He himself... Jesus, so repetitive. He himself. He himself suffered during the war. Which war? Um, has the messenger met his match? <laughs> wow, that's a new, new twist in these IMDb <laughs> yeah. descriptions. Asking a question <laughs> of a character in the show. It's like the end of a Rocky and Bullwinkle episode. <laughs> this has got it all. Meanwhile, <laughs> Joe discovers that the messenger has left a trail of dead immortals behind him. When those he convinced of peace encounter those still fighting and fail to convince them to quit the game. Will Richie be the next victim? <laughs> When those he convinced of peace. Does that work? <laughs> no. Very good. Anyway, let's talk about this episode, The Messenger. How's it open? With Richie getting that there buzz. <laughs> Why? Where is Richie right now? <laughs> Great question. In the fog. Easy store. Who? 
It's back, baby. It is back. Speaking of guest stars, the Easy Store Door is back. Second appearance. Easy Store is from the episode Glory Days, where the weird assassin Jabroni Jabroni had like his like hideout or Captain whatever, hideout. and also where Joe stores his like fuck mannequin, his choo choo trains, <laughs> and, like and assorted wires. Yeah, well, they gotta have those wires, or else you're gonna put a, oh, in a microwave, <laughs> whatever yeah. this place is. That's why I call Eamon <laughs> fuck mannequin. <laughs> I don't know why I'm shitting on Eamon so much this episode. Mannequin. I my friend. That's, That's right. The Philadelphia, Philadelphia movie, Mannequin. Mannequin. They should make a mannequin of me that people fuck. <laughs> Sign Done. me up. Done. <laughs> Keith already has one. Ooh. <laughs> what are we doing? All right. So Richie, for some reason, goes to the easy store. And doesn't have a lock. Or doesn't, doesn't have, have a, a lock. Doesn't like, have a key. What is going on? Yeah. Is he trying to break into this place? Good question. Why is he here? Is he getting Forgot shit for key. Joe? This never comes back. Ever, I, that's my question for the episode. But we'll get there. Is he just passing through when his bike breaks down? I'm not moving for anybody. <laughs> I'm not easy storing for anybody. <laughs> so Richie's here doing whatever. He gets the buzz and out walks Ronnie P. That's right. His outfit in this episode, this duster. He, he's wearing kind of an amazing duster over a wool sweater, <laughs> like kind of a nerdy looking sweater. With, like, a really badass coat over it. It's bizarre. It is bizarre. How bizarre. So bizarre he claims to be Mythos. That's right. And Richie, of course, I like that this has, like, become a plot point. Because we jokingly mentioned, like, Richie has never met Mythos before. I was shocked. And then it's like, hey, they did something with that, which is cool, I think. Yeah. So was Ron Perlman just, like, standing... Off to the side. Off to the side. Did he follow him here? He's, he was easily storing a few things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and got the buzz. He's like, let me go investigate. Right. Hey, I can kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, I do not know why he's just here at the easy store. But uh, Richie pulls his sword. talk to Richie. Yes. And Richie's like, hey, man, I know the deal. Like, pull out your sword. Let's, like, get it on. But he's like, how about we, like, we can just stop the fighting. And he's like, I'm the oldest among us. I am Mythos. And then he decides to rhyme his one of his lines he's like you can either you can take my head or think about what i said and i was just like god damn it why did that rhyme <laughs> but richie lifts his sword to take his head maybe this is like the cut As he's down on his knees right and then i had all sorts of questions i was like wait a minute what richie is this like <laughs> there's the murderer richie murderer rich i mean like the one that just didn't care like it was right. this is the game we play that seems like the richie here but in the past like couple episodes we've seen the ramifications of richie just killing people this is a guy that's on his knees he doesn't kill him though but he's about like richie enters into this they're, situation they're playing with they're playing with your i know they're blah 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 but <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't seem like the sort of thing richie should be doing well i agree which is why he doesn't do it he's, he's up close he's got well, a sword he, he clearly thinks this guy's messing with him yes he like, does he thinks this guy's got like it's a, gonna be a trick it's gonna be a trick yeah. right so maybe that's a weird con so that's In our cold words open. of the great seaman akbar <laughs> the great seaman i like admiral akbar so now we get another funky scene. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> we get another scene. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so in uh, The Force Awakens or whatever. Wait a minute. All right. All right. No, I just want to say this. <laughs> Is it The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi where <laughs> Admiral Akbar gets killed? Spoiler alert. Last and, Jedi. Yeah. And nobody fucking says anything. No. Yeah, I, I have some friends that are very upset that it was so casually. He was casually like, dispatched of. I didn't like that. That's all I wanted to say. I thought that sucked. <laughs> I am also upset. All right. Uh, it's a Trap has given me more joy than pretty much any 
like three word phrase yeah. in history. It's great. So, All right. I, I get that he's like, special with the fans. With, it's competing with I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he has a special place in people's hearts, Star Wars fans' hearts, because the, the test of time. He's a character's he's a been, fish man. Yeah, well, like, yeah. It's a trap. I think the memes have contributed to his popularity. Sure. Sure. Like, but if you look at it face value, he is a character that says three things. <laughs> like, he has he has barely any lines in Return of the Jedi. How does he, he is a character that is in only one of the original trilogy. Like, to <laughs> say true. that, like, oh, I can't believe they didn't really, like, treat this character <laughs> fairly. Off. Like, send him off. It's like, he does, does, like, does he even, is How he does even he touch named the buttons the... with his fins? <laughs> <laughs> is he named in the uh original trilogy I, that's another thing oh, i don't know. i don't remember i think so he might be yeah but i well, mean even remember that like a lot of characters that we have fond memories of don't even have fucking names in those movies that's like true figrin dan i don't know who that is he's the, uh, the modal nodes. nodes yeah he plays jizz music. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the jizz music. Uh, that's the that's a legitimate man. thing. That that's what that's called in the Highlander universe. The jizz. The I mean, Highlander universe. Star Wars universe. Right. It's also called that in the uh, the Star Wars universe. Splooge. Yeah, I will always say this. Boba Fett does nothing either. He's in the goddamn Christmas special, but he's a beloved character, so he gets special treatment. No, that's, but yeah, that's the only reason he's, he's in not a beloved. M- Yes, Boba he Fett. is. Now he is. Yeah, now he is. Yeah, he was at the time. That's why he was in the shit. That's why he killed him off. Well, this is not Star Wars. Like the Star Wars. All right, we're, we'll stop talking about. It. I just wanted to bring it back. Bro. I have a lot more thoughts on this, but we will move George on. George Lucas didn't like Boba Fett, correct? I wanted Boba uh, Fett. I wanted the, uh, the, uh, the Gungans to uh, oh be an order underwater veil. Uh, uh, it's like poetry. It's like the the lightsabers. <laughs> Thanks, George. <laughs> it's like the lightsabers. So we cut to the dock in another baffling scene in this episode. What's happening here? Mac is buying a boat called the Wind Puppet? No puppet. No, no puppet. puppet. No. You're the puppet. <laughs> no puppet. No puppet. No collusion. No wind puppet. <laughs> the USS collusion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Richie's supposed to be here, but he ain't. Nope. Yeah. So Mike is just perpetually on the cusp of buying a boat. Is that what this is? Why does he need a boat? What's wrong with the other boat that his ledger said they? <laughs> remember they we've determined on this podcast they own a boat somewhere. It's all a tax thing. He <laughs> buys it just to depreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so Mac is looking at this boat. He doesn't think it's worth the fifty thousand dollars. The, the Gorton's Fisherman. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Uh, he's like, oh, there's rot. The like, the engine's all fucked up. Like, it needs a refit. A refit of what? I don't know. So anyway, I guess this is all like a scam or whatever. And Mac is like, oh, I wouldn't even pay forty for it. And the crazy boat captain's like, but twenty. This is all he wanted Mac for. So then Mac gets the buzz, and this scene. Wait, what makes you think it's a scheme? I think he just wanted Mac to come out there. Like he was gonna lowball him anyway. He's like, well, it won't go for forty. But he's like, I know you'll take it for twenty because. You're going to do a refit on it. I think that's what he was getting at. So, like, he originally like, said, like, I'll sell this for 50 And Mac comes out, I'm not going to buy it for it's 50 It's a scheme, though. It's a plan. It's a it's negotiation like a, a tactic. selling technique. It's like the negotiator, yeah. Kevin Spacey. That's right. He's so good. I'm He's sorry. A, a great negotiator. Do you say, how do you say that? Negotiator. Negotiator. <laughs> negotiator. All right. The theater. All right. <laughs> so, anyway, interrupting the scene and plunging it into further irrelevance the buzz happens and mac is like oh hold on a minute and just leaves the scene and that is the end of this nonsense so uh who's there william colbraith colbraith and so mac goes to meet him and we get a flashback 
1864. That's right. We got a lot of VO from Mac. I was like, this sounds like an Adrian tape that they played over the episode. <laughs> That's what it is. So he says he's been running slaves through the underground, and the word he uses is railway. Yep. That's, That's not what it's called, right? It's called the Underground Railroad. But railroad. I don't know if... When I've never, I don't know when those terms were like officially codified or if there were multiple terms. I don't know. I don't know. I know, do know that I've never heard it referred to as the Underground Railway. The Underground Railway. Maybe it was a Canadian who wrote about I don't know. Yeah. I don't like, <laughs> didn't know the term. Oh, that's all right. I have no idea. It's yeah. called like the Underground Tube. <laughs> the Tube. The Tube. The Underground the Tube. tube. <laughs> Elixir. So anyway, Mac is uh, trying to fl- free, uh, what's this guy's name? This guy's name is Jeffrey. Uh, and so Jeffrey! they're running through the forest, but they, I guess, get cut off by two Confederate soldiers. And so Mac is like, get out of here. So Jeffrey starts to run away, but then these guys pull their guns on Mac and Jeffrey comes back to try to save Mac from getting shot, but ends up getting shot, shot in, in the, the leg. leg. Tragic. Tragic indeed. So they end up getting captured. And where do they go? To the Andersonville prison, which to me looks a lot like the uh, the fort that they used for uh, the Cross of St. Antoine, I want to say. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know what you're saying. But Andersonville was a historically barbaric and brutal place for Union soldiers captured by the Confederacy. That Ooh. is right. It held the largest amount, I think, of soldiers during the war. And it was only, I think, operational during the last year of the war, too. So that's a lot of people. It was not a good place. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, but it is still a place, I guess, starving. you can go visit the site today if you yes. wanted to. So, mm. ah, ah, yeah. little history. So Mac is, like, dragging Jeffrey in. They have a ton of extras here. Do you think they got, like either these costumes are very easy to come by because they're used so frequently and in large quantities or do you think they got like reenacting troops to come good question do something like this i don't know but it's impressive i think this looks great i'm into it this does look good but uh Uh, one of the union soldiers like attacks jeffrey because he has water and this is kind of where we find out like oh shit like the conditions here are very bad like mm. there is no water there's hardly any food so like also somebody at some point delivers the line if you ride with the devil yep you bride with the devil what does that mean he's wait what did he what, say it's, what is the line it's bizarre he says if you ride with the devil you fry with the devil oh, you fry i not bra, bra- i have like, fucked the devil <laughs> fried with the devil <laughs> i was deeply confused by this line <laughs> so deeply confused thank you for quoting this up you brought i was like we should start saying the other that's though. what that's what <laughs> you uh, ride with the devil you bride with the devil that's what lorax said to his uh <laughs> disciples in the last episode <laughs> what was his name lorax, lorax. <laughs> i am i am the lorca and i speak for the trees if you bride with the devil you ride with the devil <laughs> or i guess the opposite who's that master splinter you turned into I told the funny. <laughs> remember that? I do remember that. Noted child, not sure what, Kevin Clash. That's right. Alleged. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Elmo say, fuck that guy. Yep. So Max, like, what the fuck is going on here? This place is a hellhole. Right. Everybody's going crazy. They try to steal Jeffrey's canteen, and Colbraith is like, I'm in charge. Right. And so the colonel, Colonel Colbraith, asks for three men to be pulled out of the group. And his thing is that if for every one person that tries to escape or does escape, they will just execute three people. So this is his technique to keep people in line. But as Mac points out, like this is not that's not going to work. People are starving. They're just going to try to flee. Yeah. And Mac stands up to him and says, that's murder. Yep. And, and he is pulled away. As yeah. Well. Colbert also says, no one questions my authority. Respect my authority. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so now we cut inside Colbert's office and he's looking at two photographs. Look at these photographs, guys. Uh, <laughs> 
It's uh, I presumably his photograph. That, that was supposed to be a Nickelback joke, right? Mm-hmm. Dimebacker. <laughs> I was just thinking that. How do you mean Dimeback, right? Presumably this is his wife and daughter. So Mac comes in. They introduce themselves to each other, and Colbraith guesses correctly that Mac is an abolitionist, and he's like, "This is my, this is this is so weird." Colbraith is like, "This might surprise you, but like, I actually don't approve of slavery. I don't own any slaves like on my." property or whatever yeah great my notes just say this is some shelby shelby foot southern apologist nonsense it's like oh general lee was a great guy he's a good guy yeah they're a good guy yeah Fuck i'm just this. letting these people starve to death sure and executing innocent people but you know i'm a good guy so I'm going to point out the very first of this writing technique that gets used in this episode. So Mac is like, this is a slaughterhouse. Colbraith responds, slaughterhouse? It's all a slaughterhouse. This is going to come back over and over again. Mac will say something, and he will just say, oh, this? It's all this. It's like, okay. like That's that's like this shorthand for his like philosophy of, I guess, I don't care. I don't know. Yeah. Or like, everything's fucked, so I don't give a shit, or whatever. I don't know. He's like, they're destroying the South. I have to protect the South, and I don't have anything to feed these guys anyway. So Right. He's like, my own men are on half rations. And he's like, also, I'm just following orders. And it's like, you treat these people like animals. Fuck you. Like, yeah. Well, the part about not having anything apparently was true mm. because it was just like at this point like the south is just getting like completely choked out so there was in fact like very little that they could even give these people if they wanted to but they right. also didn't want to so i like the shot here out the uh the window like i like that this is all happening in the background like we see the three soldiers being brought outside the window to yeah, be executed while this conversation's on right but it's cool because it's not like any cutaways to this like this is just happening and so mac is like can you like free these people please do that he gives like a sigh like he's gonna consider it but then he's like nope we're gonna lose order it's like what the fuck but uh yeah so then they shoot all those guys uh and he's also trying to say like hey i need a surgeon for my friend yes who got shot in the leg and he's like well maybe we can get you one tomorrow right and mac is like that's not good enough and he's like sorry in present day duncan and colbrave are fighting on the pier in broad daylight yeah and that guy harry was standing there standing right there and I, I guess now he can't hear like the sword <laughs> right strikes or anything the guy was close enough to be in buzz range but not in sword clang range. sword clang range he's old so maybe his hearing isn't what it used to be and he did seem like a crazy person and he did or a bum <laughs> or a drunk <laughs> Uh, this is pretty cool. I like the way Mac like cuts him across the chest and stuff. It's one of those like pull move things again. It's so hard to describe these sword fights, but it's a good fight. But then Mac gets the buzz and Richie comes fucking barreling this way. And Mac- oh, when Miss when Mac sees him, he's like, cool breeze. Yeah. He like he's like pissed yep. and wants to kill this guy. Mm-hmm. Richie distracts Mac. And allows Colbraith to disappear in the Roll water. Off the docks. He, <laughs> so, he literally says, Mac, don't do it. Yes. And he's like, huh? Couple things. One, they must be close enough in earshot that Richie knows to run here. Yeah. Because Richie went to the boat first mm-hmm. to meet Mac, because that's the plan. Right. And he was late or whatever it was. And now, like, he, I don't know, he heard that there was a sword fight going on. But I also, I guess, is. Could they just not think of a reason to, like, how does Colbraith escape? They must have thought, I think, of this dock thing first. That, like, he rolls off the dock into the water, that's how he just disappears. Like, why Why is this at the docks? Like, I think I they mean, backward-engineered it from that moment. Like, Probably. that's how he escapes. So, like, Because, like, what the fuck is this boat 
plot. Well, why is it? I mean, why is it anywhere? I mean, you could say that about anything. Sure. Why why are they where they are in this exact moment? Matt could be walking down the street, casually come across Colbraith. Would that be superior to being on the dock? It would make me not question why Matt is... I wouldn't be like, (laughs) what the fuck is Matt doing just walking down this street? Why did he go get lunch? Like, whatever. Like, But why is it so suspect that he is considering buying this boat? I think it's weird. (laughs) That's a little odd. Come on. He already owns a boat. Who needs Maybe two boats? He's trying to upgrade. Maybe he's going to sell the other one. It seems odd that this is never revisited. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I don't, he gets a little sidetracked by the other business. <laughs> Whatever. Richie gives like a whole speech. And this is the clip that's at the top of the episode about like, you know, we can finally end it. Like, obviously, he's now been convinced by Mr. Perlman. He drank the Kool-Aid. So, so formal. Is he your like math teacher? <laughs> yeah. so, Mr. Perlman. Mr. Perlman's here. I did wonder, like, why did they name this villain Colbraith with a C? That's a good point. Because he's obviously very evil right like that's i mean like i think there's a version of this character that and they they maybe even hint at that that like oh you were made this way because of your circumstances and we'll we'll talk more about it then i suppose but like to me i'm like this character doesn't seem like a great character this guy's shit maybe they're trying to play with your expectations i guess that like if you saw a k you would know for a fact he was evil but because Mm. he began with a c perhaps there's a shot at redemption perhaps although you don't know that listening to the episode i mean unless i don't know how you spell colbraith normally it's a name i've never heard before probably because it's made up (laughs) i don't know i was just like oh like they named him like a wishy-washy c name instead of a k but doesn't seem like a good guy to me you or, wishy-washy or, C name. <laughs> so we get another flashback to 1864 back in the prison at night. We got some harmonica music, hopefully played by Richie in the studio. The Shenandoah. <laughs> and so Max like, oh, this is going to hurt or whatever. And he's like undressing Jeffrey's bandages. In With, the his eyes. <laughs> With his eyes. With his eyes. He's like, yeah, let me see it. You can see the horror in his eyes when he discovers that's gangrenous. It's that's right. gangrene. So Jeffrey's freaking out. He doesn't want to lose his leg. And he's also asking about his wife, Sarah. Yeah, he was taking him to Philadelphia to meet his wife. Right. My wife. But Mac is like, it's going to be okay. You're going to see Sarah again. We're going to find you a doctor. So then we cut back to Colbrace's office, and Mac is trying to convince him to, like, get a surgeon or whatever. And Colbrace is like, he should have stayed on his plantation. It's, it's like, like what mm, the fuck? Also, as a guy that slavery. said, right, yes. Yeah. I thought you were against slavery, dude. It's some weird apology shit. Yeah. I don't like it. Also, this is the second episode in a row where Matt calls a young African-American man a boy. (laughs) Don't do that, Matt. Please. Stop doing that, baby. (laughs) Stop doing that, baby. So next morning in Colbraith's office, Colbraith gets a telegram or a postcard or whatever. Uh, It's a postcard. It says, wish you were here. BTW, your <laughs> wife and children are dead. It's just it's the got a photo of their grave. <laughs> All right, I guess it's not a postcard. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. <laughs> so he does get a line from his brother-in-law informing him of this. Yes. In the previous scene where the guys were being executed in the background, I like that the guy who brought the telegram and Colbraith are having a whole conversation in the office, but outside the office, you can hear Mac like screaming and stuff. Like yeah. They've taken the another part of action just put it in the background. I think that's really cool. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So his so his wife and child are dead. Dead, dead, dead. And his sister. Oh, that's right. Three people. How about that? <laughs> How about that? How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> so now, okay. So Mac finally gets let in or whatever. And Colby is like, no, no. And Mac is like. He's in agony. And then Colbraith goes, the whole war is agony. It's like, shut up. Stop. Stop doing that. It's true, but fucking stop it. 
So then we get a little tussle. Everybody gets a punch in. Like, Mac punches the guard. Colbraith punches Mac. You know, and they take him out. So this, this, this doesn't shake out too well. All right. So now we're back at Jeffrey's tent. And Mac is there, like, hugging Jeffrey, trying to, like, comfort him or whatever. And Jeffrey's like, you have to make this stop. And Mac is like, well, you know, doctor, we'll go wait for the doctor. He's like, no, no, no. Like, this is, it's over. Like, Jeffrey gets it. Smack old yellers in. Yeah. So it's fucking General Zod here. And <laughs> Mac is Henry Caviezel. Caviezel? Cavill. Nope. Caviezel. Henry Cavill. <laughs> Henry Caviezel. <laughs> Caviezel with the old passionate of J.C. himself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so this is fucking heart-wrenching. Yeah, it's not great. And no. Mac's very upset. Sure. Done this. He has to snap a man's neck in, like, in his arms. That's this fucked is, up. This is real fucked up. Yeah, it's dark. And then Colbraith even walks by and gives Mac a look like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> damn. Sorry, dog. So we get a transition through Max's eyeball with an exit sign. This isn't one of the best, but... No exit. <laughs> this isn't one of the best. We <laughs> cut back to the dojo in the present, and Richie's arguing kind of on behalf behalf, behalf of Colbraith. He's like, well, maybe he was doing what he thought he had to do. Like, you don't know what made him like that. These are all perhaps true things, maybe, although, I don't know. Seeing it through Max's eyes, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what made this man turn into, like, an inhumane monster. <laughs> right. Well, the Civil War... It is agony! That's yeah. right. No, like, they're... I think they do an okay job of, like... Not a great... But I, they I see, I don't okay, think they do an they, okay they job of this. They could have done a much better job, but it's, like, the right setting for it. Sure. Like, I think this is... They could have made it work, and I just don't think like it does. He's, like, in a morally... He's, like, on the wrong side of, like, a morally dubious conflict, but, like, he is dealing with real depravity, like... There is legitimate crisis in terms of, like, food supplies and things sure. like that. Like, I don't know. There are ways to make him more sympathetic than they do. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they were too afraid to, like, make him genuinely sympathetic. Yes. Like, I don't know what... It's like, they often run from the gray. Mm-hmm. And they do that with this guy. Like, they, but they want to, but they want to, like, have their cake and eat it. Like, they want to pretend that he's gray without... Give a name. <laughs> yeah. Without doing anything... Without, like, making him more redeemable. Right. I don't know why. How about Mac's pop collar in this scene? So Joe had one last episode. Mac is... This collar is so popped. Like, he looks like the goddamn queen of England. It's it's this thing around his head. It's like pop rocks. It's like pop rocks. Uh, Is this a trend in the 90s that I'm not aware of? Like, I remember the early 2000s. douchebags have just always popped their But, like, I remember po- pop polo shirts from, like, the early 2000s as a thing. Yeah. This is not a thing I remember from, like, 1996. Popping the collar on, a, like, a leather coat? Yeah. I don't know. But Richie's it's different on a coat. Yeah. But Richie's trying to talk to him. He's like, hey, like, maybe you could talk to him. And it's like, and if you find, like, if you're able to talk to him, maybe you can find a reason not to fight. You know, you might even have some stuff in common. What's his response to that? Max <laughs> says, some people aren't bad or understood. They're just evil you don't talk to evil you, you destroy, destroy it, it. <laughs> i was like whoa yes i kind of like how fired up mac is in the scene like he is fired up he's like real fired up like he's pissed that this guy got went away and le- got away and i think this is like some good performances mm-hmm. here and so richie's like oh evil only exists because of fear that's what mythos is talking about and mac then delivers the line mythos <laughs> that's right <laughs> exactly the same way this part's weird to me so mac doesn't ask any more questions or like be like that sounds weird that doesn't sound like the guy i know it's hinted at because he's like wait a minute like what he said that like i i think he does kind of say like he really said that like he doesn't believe mythos would ever say something like that yeah. but he doesn't ask any questions like you met mythos finally like happen? and he's like, in town? Did he where like? did he come like, from like yeah. he's visiting like i don't know it's strange 
Meanwhile, Mythos is back at his apartment drinking a beer. Yeah, Mythos is upstairs, which we find out in a few seconds. So Mac comes home, and Mythos has somehow gotten away in and is just chilling out on his bed. Yeah, the I fact he's good. on his bed is really funny. I was like, what is going on here? Uh, but trying to seduce Mac. Yes. Uh, but the second he comes in, Mythos is like, hey, like, there's some cold beer in the fridge. Do you want one? Which I'd like because, again, Mythos, every time he's got the beer thing, is yeah. like his like, calling card. Uh, but this is funny. Mac is like, yeah, I know. It's my fridge. Like, yeah. good. <laughs> How convenient that Richie stormed off before going upstairs. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> then this whole episode's plot could be over. No one well, no, void. They, no, they address this like in the next scene, basically. Yeah, I guess so. So Mac is all pissed off at Mythos. He's like, what the fuck have you been telling Richie? Like, filling his head with crap. And so, but Mythos is like wise to this. He's like, oh, he's here, is he? Like, he's heard this from, like, about this guy before, that this dude is like, got this shtick where he pretends to be Mythos. But of course, Mythos, being kind of a selfish dude, doesn't give a shit. He's like, well, if he wants to pretend to be the oldest immortal that everyone seems to be chasing down, go for it. Like, yeah, by I don't all care. means. Which just takes good. the heat off of me. Yeah. So you've highlighted something that I want to circle back on. Okay. I feel like this is where the ult- episode ultimately lands, which is this guy Mythos is selling a bunch of crap. And like, I do ultimately feel like that's where this episode comes back to. Yeah. And I think that gives it a little bit of short shrift. Like, mm. I wish this episode did not treat it as final as that. You're right. Everybody dismisses it out of hand right away. And it's never Everyone discussed. Everyone but Richie. And then I feel like in the end, it's ultimately agreed that that is the right response. Yep. and Very true. And Richie changes his mind on this real quick at the end of the episode. Sure. sure. And so. Mac, Mac also says something... I don't know, that I found a little, like, it's like, really, is this Mac's philosophy? He was like, turning the other cheek just gets you slapped harder. And I was like, huh, like, I don't know if I ever pegged that. I don't know, like, Mac's philosophy on life is so it's kind rocky. Of all it's all over the place, like, about, like, vengeance, and you don't do this sort of stuff. And it's like, well, what about this? Like, what do you mean no vengeance or whatever? It's like, turn the other, I don't know. I think when I think about it, Mac is a person, like, he's a fighter. Like, yeah. he is not someone who's, like, I let... He's not someone who, in his heart of hearts, like, let things go. Like, he's slow to get into a fight, but once he's in a fight, like, he very rarely relents. But Duncan's like, all right, Mythos, you're going to have to convince Richie that you're the real Mythos. He's like, I'm right. Kathmandu for this. <laughs> That's right. Because, <laughs> yeah, Mythos has been, like, I guess doing some soul-searching of his own after losing uh, Elixir. Actually, not to- after losing Elixir, after the <laughs> Watcher kerfuffle of... Oh, that's right. 1995. Watcher kerfuffle of 1995 as it's logged in the official Watcher Chronicles. Yeah, I mean, it might as well be. That would sound more objective than most of the things they write. (laughs) Uh, But no, after the uh, whole dispute that led us into this season, this is, in fact, his first time back. Yep. So now we cut to Joe's, and the whole gang is there, and Richie can't believe that this dude in jeans is, like, mythos. He's like, wait, like, you're 5,000 years old? This like is Ron funny. Perlman seems like he's 5,000 years old, like the way he talks yeah. and like his whole shtick. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, again, there's this notion, like, who's, who's this kid? Right. I, I like yes. that this is set up this way. Like, Richie can't even believe that the real mythos is the real mythos. It's like, yeah. this is bullshit. 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 And then Richie's like, well, you know, I don't really care about the name. I, it's the message that's important to me. Fair enough. And Duncan's like, nope, message is wrong. Fuck you. 
<laughs> and the horse you rode it on. And the hay you fit that horse. And the fields where the hay was grown. But anyway, so Richie goes off. He's like, of all the people, I thought you'd understand this stuff or whatever. But it's like, ah, oh, young people make mistakes or whatever. And so everyone kind of goes off in their own way. Like, Mac is like, I got to go look for somebody. Joe is like, I'm going to go do some research now. And like slowly backs out of the bar. Yeah. And then Mythos is left to his own to deliver the, the line. Joke. He says, I guess I can go buy some socks. Cool. It's like, huh? 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 (laughs) Like, I don't understand this joke at all. Well, I guess it's just to be like, yep, I'm not getting involved in this anymore. You guys are all going to participate in the action. I'm going to fuck off. Yeah. Question. Like, the Watchers have tabs on this guy, right? Because, like, Joe comes back later and is like, yeah, we've been following this guy and this is the deal. Mm. Like, are the Watchers, do the Watchers think this guy is, like, a false false mythos? They must. Because why is Adam Pearson slash mythos looking for mythos if... They, they have a, they have a beat on Mythos. Like yeah. I don't get that. Oh right, that's a good point. So they yeah. must for some for some reason not think he's the real Mythos, which mm. is fine. Yeah, I guess no, I think they must. But we never get real details on who he is. But there yeah. we go. So anyway, so we cut down to the docks, and Colbraith is there because Colbraith is living at the dock. Like what? What is this? But he's down at the docks, futzing with like a life preserver and some rope, as you do. And so he could be making pasta. <laughs> He could be making pasta. Uh, and he's dressed like Ernest Hemingway. But he gets the buzz, and Ron Perlman shows up. No sword. And he's like, hey, dude, let's talk. <laughs> hey, dude. And Colbert is like, hey, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's like, yeah, I'm a killer. But I guess he must like actively hunt people down to like spread his message. Like He's not just passively encountering them. Yeah, this and guy knows, knows shit about shit. Yeah. Colbert. Yeah. So what's he know? Um, however you know these things. Yeah, how right. does this guy know does shit? Does he have a watcher, Cronny Clay? <laughs> But he's like, I know he was a soldier. I know circumstances led him to become how he is, blah, blah, blah. Right. I'm like, no, he's a fucking asshole. And he like, <laughs> but he, like he, he, like, confronts him with all this. He's like, I know that, like, you're... So we find out what happened to Colbert's family, which is that they were hiding in a church. The Union soldiers found them hiding and burned it to the ground with them inside. What sense does this make? He says, I told my family about holy ground. Was his wife immortal and his kids adopted? No. I don't know. Or did he assume that if immortals were looking for me and they found you, you'd be safe? I have no idea. I don't know. Like, burning churches with people inside it, I just... That seems like a strange thing for the Union soldiers to do to two civilians. Well... Unless they knew exactly who who they were. Like, oh, you're the wife of... You know, I I don't know. It just seems really unlikely to me. Well, I will just say this. Sherman's march was phenomenally brutal. (laughs) That's not to say that this stuff happened, but... I will say, like, and there's a lot of, like, Southern propaganda around this point Mm -hmm. as well, so it's a little hard to disentangle. But the entire point behind Sherman's march was to make war on civilians. Like, like Sherman burned the city of Atlanta to the ground. Like, put the whole thing to the torch. (laughs) So, like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't give pause to this. Like, the entire point of the thing was, like, hey, we're going to completely destroy your capacity to make war. Wow. So... Maybe, you know, it's I mean, it was a gruesome thing. Yeah. It's the precursor to like the concept of like the home front and like, you know, Germans bombing London Mm. in World War Two. It's like it was like the first time in history. It was like when you people had to realize like, oh, like manufacturing capacity and like gross resources. Like that's what wars fought on. So destroy it all. Gross. So then (laughs) it's it's really fucked up. Yeah. Mythos is like saying, you know, this is what made you kill and kill and kill to try to forget. But I can help you fix this. He's like Cybok from Star Trek. Oh, Star Trek know. 4. Back Star to Star Trek 4 again. Oh. Five. Five. Damn it. 
Cyborg. Cyborg. No, what this actually is is the speech from Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> when Robin was a kill toothpaste and Val Kilmer gives him exactly this speech. <laughs> and you You're keep right. killing. Then we get the buzz again. Mac shows up. Ron Perlman like gets in between them because like Colbert is ready to throw down. Yeah. And so he now starts giving the shit to Mac too. Uh, but I do like that he throws this whole thing. He's like, is that what Darius taught you? Yeah. Would he be proud of you now if he saw you like coming for this man? He is like the skinny on everybody also i'd like to point out like for me one of the biggest problems with the the colbray thing is he seemed to be an asshole before his wife and kids and sister were murdered they could have made him more sympathetic yeah prior like prior to the time the fact that he's killing three people yeah he's a guard at like a famously brutal yeah prison and he just seems to have like no sympathy like you mentioned earlier kyle like that there's a version where they could make him more sympathetic it's like he just seems so cold about denying the requests and to just be like this is order like you know what I mean? like there's no subtlety to like him considering it and being like look i'm sorry i don't have any food and i have to feed my soldiers like i mean it's not great but like i get what situation you're in like yeah your hand is forced to choose something and you chose your soldiers and right that's sympathetic in a way it's certainly not evil i would say no even if it's a bad decision even if it's bad it's not evil in the yeah. sense that this character seems to be quite evil to me i don't know yeah maybe no, it's just you're... the with the way the actor played it like i, I the wonder actor if... does play him kind of evil yeah they give him that scar too evil scar and a very evil scar <laughs> right so we get a flashback a little thing just back to waterloo this is a little nothing thing it's a little bit of reused footage of his meeting of darius i'll say it's all reused footage but yes <laughs> yes <laughs> it is kidding. uh but yeah it's the meeting of darius at waterloo and him you know saying how war is terrible and all that stuff so we got back which is apparently what sherman said before he burned atlanta really yeah uh, uh, according to the story the mayor of atlanta was beseeching him not to burn it and his response was war is hell war is hell and then he ordered the city to be burned (laughs) so back in the present back on the docks fake mythos is like you know when darius told you to think about peace you listened max but you're not Darius, right and he's like but i carry the same message good stuff yeah so Mac is like, I'm, I'm a big angry man, and I don't know what to do and how to process this. So he storms off. It is kind of funny. He is just like, oh, I don't know what to do. So he leaves. Oh, of course, uh, there's some other good lines here. Because like, uh, Mac does counter this. He's like, well, so what if you convince a bunch of people? It just takes one person to start the killing again. And I, I like this. Perlman's like, yeah, like, and are you going to be that one? Like, you, you can choose if you want to be the person to, like, start the shit up. Right. And this is when Mac was like, yeah. <laughs> Cannot compute. It's a, I mean, that is a great retort. Yeah. And then MacBot explodes in <laughs> Hey, Rewatchers. Thanks for joining us this episode. Make sure you check out the Highlander Rewatch Patreon page where you can donate and help make this show a reality. This is the darkest reality where the show exists, but without the benefit of your patronage. That's right. We need to create an alternate future timeline where you are our patrons. That's right. <laughs> so there are lots of different options for you to choose from, but you can choose to donate as little as $1 or as much as 15 Or if you want to go above that, you can it, just yeah, contact us infinite and we'll dollars. figure it out. Yeah. No, you Give can donate infinite dollars for whatever the year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate um, everyone's donations, and those go into helping you know fund uh Hosting the podcast into equipment, all sorts of new stuff that's probably going to be coming down the pike um, as we, you know, set out to expand the show in as many cool ways as possible. 
And also, as a thank you for your donations, we have some cool rewards, whether they be shout-outs on the podcast, personalized messages. If you donate enough, you get an interview on the show, which is pretty cool, and some customized art from Mr. Amen. That's me, baby. That's right. Sure is. But, of course, this episode could not be possible without some great help from some awesome patrons. Kyle, who are we thinking today? Oh, we are giving a big stat out to Stefan J. I just assume that he is Stephen Urkel. <laughs> oh, yeah, Stefan. Oh, Stephon right. Urkel. Urkel, where he uh, falls behind a couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael B. And big time friend of the show, Paul H. Paul, Paul H. H. He's a real hero. So anyway. We That's love what the H stands for. Yeah, yeah the H stands, stands for hero. hero. We love you all. Thank you so much for uh, your ongoing contributions to the show, and uh, we can't wait to uh, make more content with you. Absolutely. Sign up for Patreon today! Today, Islander! (laughs) So we cut now to Perlman's backyard garden, right? So he gets the buzz, and the OG Mythos shows up. And he says, Mythos, I presume? (laughs) Right. Um, I like this. This is kind of fun. Like, Mythos is just kind of fucking with him. He's like, hey, like, you must have great stories being 5,000 years old. Like, what's Cleopatra? Yeah, like, I heard you were friends with Socrates. And of course, Perlman just gives, like, the vaguest of answers. Like, what was Cleopatra like? She was a woman like any other. It's like, fuck you. Like, you know what you're talking about? Yeah. Also, unless this guy's the actual mythos, why can't he just say, I never actually met Cleopatra? Oh, you'd be like, that's a rumor. (laughs) That's fine. You don't have to lie. (laughs) I go, yes, I did that because you, random person who I've never met, says I did. Right. You seem very vulnerable right now. We're all vulnerable. Right. There it is. There's the other thing. (laughs) Thing. He Everything is this. (laughs) That's amazing. No, it is. It's ridiculous how many times that's used in this episode. But uh, Mythos comes back. He's like, yeah, but you're like more vulnerable than me right now. Like, be real about this. Uh, And he has like his sword out, which is... Mm threatening ron perlman is like oh like all this fighting is just driven by like hate and fear but mythos is like oh it was what was genghis khan and hitler like just kids playing because they were scared or something so they kind of have this philosophical discussion about like the nature of evil i suppose like right like oh well maybe if their mother loved them more would things have been differently and perlman is like well maybe like could you say they wouldn't have been Mm. And he goes, like any good debate, he goes straight for the Hitler reference. <laughs> right, right. You're like Hitler. Like, <laughs> like any internet discussion. He's like, yeah, well, what about Hitler? <laughs> Did you know Hitler was a vegan? Ugh. Anyway. So I, I like this. The, the the end of this is a little, I think, damning for real mythos. So Perlman is like, look, he's like, can anyone who stayed alive for 5,000 years really say they did nothing and risked nothing, merely stayed alive? That would be pointless. This is good because that's literally what, what Mythos has done. done. Yeah, he's and, just trying to live. Yeah, and Perlman is like, shit, like, somebody with that history, like, can make a difference, and you don't. Yeah. Uh, also, I was curious. I was like, do you think he knows he's really Mythos? I don't think so, but I think he might suspect. Maybe. Uh, but I don't think you're supposed to think he necessarily he actually knows. knows. Yeah, because it's very pointed. Uh, of course, it's just written that way. Uh, and yeah. I like also when Mythos is, Mythos is like, all right, see you, buddy. And he's like, I didn't catch your name. He's like, nope. You no, didn't. you didn't. <laughs> you're done. Nevertheless, despite like the somewhat lighthearted nature of most of this exchange... It's like I never got the impression that like Mythos was ever really intending to kill this guy. Like, no, he just wants to see what the deal is. Yeah, with this like phony dude. Despite this, when Mythos is 
then reporting back on this. He seems very pissed about it. Yes. Like, he's, like, all of a sudden very upset that this guy's misappropriating his name. Right. Even though before, he was like, great, use my name, more power to him. Right, that's the thing. So we cut to Joe's, and yeah, he's like, oh, this guy's delusional or a fraud. And it's like, when you were with Mac, because Mac was like, wait a minute, you know about this fucking phony baloney dude? And he's like, I don't know, seems like an okay message to me. What do I care? And now he's like against it. I I don't like this. Yeah. Well, is it just because this guy teased him? Like he oh, made him, he made him feel bad, so now he's like, screw him. Maybe. Or is Mithas feeling like, oh, maybe I should have more <laughs> sage shit to say, yeah. being five thousand years old, and I don't. I'm just like, oh, you want a beer? Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe he's feeling a kind of way about it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's good. I don't know. It's interesting. I was like an. Inter- it was a choice. Like I feel like they decided to make Mithas turn the corner on this guy a little bit. And yes. I'm not 100 sure why. Yes. And Mithas is mad at Mac too. He's like, and you fucking fell for the shtick. Like, why didn't you fucking you take out the Col- guy? Colbraith. Yeah. yeah. This is good. He's like, oh, this guy's like all friendship rings and peace, and peace, peace and love, peace and love. This guy yeah. really hate- Mithas probably hates Ringo. No more autographs. Peace <laughs> right. and love. Peace and love. Uh, but then Joe adds some uh, layers to this. So I guess they've done some research and they found that this guy leaves a trail of dead immortals behind him. And first, Mac is like, oh, shit, like he's killing them off. Like he disarms them and then he gets them. That is not the case. This guy seems to still be the real deal. It's just that he convinces these people to lay down their swords. And then when they get in a fight. They lay it the, down. The and next person comes. And the other along person and does kills them. Yep. Yeah. Mac doesn't intend to be a convert, but he is worried about Richie. So Richie he... has taken this hook, line, and, and sinker. I like this evolution of this character. Like this character, because of his prior stance on the game, we have a couple of glaring examples of this causing like massive trouble. Like he is royally screwed up by virtue of tr- participating in this game. So then, for someone to offer like an alternative or a reprieve from that Mm -hmm. is interesting and it's kind of a good evolution of this character in a way sure and that richie's still really trying to find some sort of philosophy that works i think like he's young like i think this that makes sense that he'd be looking for anything yeah like and trying them all out like did the version of just playing the game for no good reason work no maybe this will like yeah i don't know i think that's interesting especially Mm -hmm. on the back of episodes like haunted when lest this happened right uh so we get kind of this like interstitial scene i imagine this is a euro minute scene that's my guess like mac and richie are sitting on the steps of a church just kind of rehashing everything and you know mac is like i i get it like you got to make this decision though like this is up to you and richie's like i got a lot to think about or whatever so Mm. it's a weird thing in my notes i'm like why did this scene place at all and why is it here at this church like why is this scene in this loft like, it's at this weird location. Who knows? They just punched it in. <laughs> punched it in. So we cut back to the garden with Perlman. I don't, does he have a house here? I don't, I don't know where this place is. It's, but... a, it's a community garden. <laughs> you still got that sweater, though. Hey, man, what happens here? Mythos is, like, not saying anything. Fake Richie's Mythos. Richie's like, come on. Yeah, fake Mythos. And Richie's like, come on, say something, say something. I've been here for 20 minutes, he says, yeah. and he haven't said a word. He's like the little dog who bothers the bigger dog in the Looney Tune. You ever see that cartoon? In the Looney Tune. <laughs> in, which, in which Looney Tune name? <laughs> well, I don't remember the dog's names, but there's two dogs, and there's a little dog who's always bothering the bigger dog to like pay attention to him. And the bigger dog is just ignoring him. I don't know. I got nothing on this. I'm not going to lie. Sounds like that Looney Tune. Richie's bugging <laughs> fake meat this. But uh, so Perlman is like, you're done. Get out. Like, 
You're not ready. You're not ready for this or whatever. And I was like, what? What is this? I was very confused by all like, this. Like, it's like, does he expect him to be like a disciple? In that case, it's like, all right, maybe you're not ready to like espouse my preaching to the world, like to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But if you just want him to lay down his sword, like, there's, there's not much buy in here. Just do it. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's very odd. And then I guess they just felt like they needed an action beat because we get an interaction that, yeah, does, that, that does not pay off. <laughs> Which Rampo was like, you should come at me. We kill because we are taught to kill. We fight because we are taught to fight. Come at me. Richie tries to hit him with a stick, and he gets disarmed. And then he tries to come at him with a sword. And, and gets Rampo housed. And yep. Takes it away from him. Very easily. Very easily. <laughs> so this this guy's got some skills. Yes. Uh, like, just because like I, can, like I can fight, but I won't kill. Like... You know, yeah, he's making a choice. Not the choice he makes in the next scene, though. So, but this like convinces Richie. Like, I think at the end he's like, "All right, I'm like, I'm on board this. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this happen. I believe." Yeah. So, hmm. Uh oh, Richie's in peril. We cut to Mac's loft. Mac is cooking for one. <laughs> hey, what's the food? Hey, you want some of this? Oh, we could work out. I could put this away. No. Well, why'd you come here then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's only two reasons for food or a workout. I love that that's the alternative. Do you want to eat? No. How about we just go work out? You want to go get sweaty? (laughs) But also, like, Richie, this is like a breakup. Another, everyone's always breaking up on this show. Like, Richie's like, I brought you this sword. I'm done with it. It's like, okay, would you like dinner? Like, you can still eat. We can still eat and talk. Are you done with pasta? (laughs) (laughs) I'm also watching my carbon tape. Right, that's all too. (laughs) They don't talk about that, but that's part of the teachings. It's like no fighting and no carbs. (laughs) He's going paleo. It's insufferable. You're on a keto diet. (laughs) Keto diet. And then Max like, I'm on an Aikido diet and kicks him in the face. Hey-o. That was good. Uh, Also, this is the weirdest thought I had during this (laughs) <laughs> this scene that jokers this next thing you're about to the say. the next thing i'm about to say it's just a it's just a thing about tv characters that like mac is here cooking some pasta television television mm. uh he's cooking some some pasta for himself right Mama mia. and then richie shows up unannounced it would seem right mm. not been invited you know for dinner the fact that more characters aren't in their underwear alone in their apartments <laughs> to me just does not ring true like that Mac is fully dressed. Like he is wearing yeah. khaki pants. His shirt is tucked in. I'm like, you're cooking alone for one. You're absolutely in your underwear. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, I don't know. I he feel like anytime someone shows up unannounced, you're, you should you be gotta underwear. go put on pants. Or maybe that's the thing that I'm misremembering from the '90s. The, the the idea, like, since you can't text everybody, like, if you don't, there could be a pop in. So you got to be ready. With That's his true. pants on. Yeah. So I had to tell you. See, but we I'm never not wearing pants around my house. You never lived alone in the nineties. That's true. Nor nor did I imagine anyone in this room. Nope. So you know, maybe it was indeed different. Write us at Highlander Rewatch. <laughs> oh my God. I said dot com again. Highlander Rewatch at gmail.com. Let Highlander us know. Highlanderrewatch.com. <laughs> and let us know in the nineties, pants situation when you were alone. Cooking for one. And cooking for one. And current situation. Has it changed? Have you updated your... Uh... Changed your practices? <laughs> yeah, changed your practices. Mac opens All I'm saying the is, pot. if I'm making this meal, I'm in a Wookiee robe. <laughs> that is that is my knocking around garb. Also, like that pasta sauce bubbling, like that shit... That pasta sauce bubbling. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff is going to splatter. So it will. So don't wear a shirt? Is yeah. That that well, is no, you wear a shirt. In the nude. Look, I'll wear a, a, sh- wear a shitty shirt and... Yeah, I don't know. That pasta sauce bubbling. <laughs> He opens the pot and it's just a lean cuisine microwavable thing in the pot. That he put in a pot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is how you cook this, right? My microwave is broken. Did the boil it? 
So we're back at the garden, the nondescript location. We're back to yet again. We got he some does shrub. a lot of gardening. He does. It's he's the constant gardener. <laughs> uh, so we get the buzz, and Colbraith shows up. And he's like, you're not hard to find. And I was like, what? what? Like, why? Like, how is he not hard to find? Who did he ask to find him? Everyone, literally everyone found him in two seconds. Like, Mito's how? No one Richie even knows what this guy's also, name this is. Also, this scene happens three times in this episode. <laughs> yes, it does. Is this where he tells the Spartan story or is that when he's talking to Richie? Oh, that's when he's talking to Richie. So what is that? The Spartan thing? Yeah. We'll get to it when we get to it. Wait, oh, wait. No, no, it already happened, happened in the past. So oh, sorry. We won't get to it when we get to <laughs> we'll get it because we already got we'll to it. We'll get to it in the post credit sequence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, did anyone look that up? No. I mean, I've heard <laughs> well, that, that before. They, I've also heard that. Yeah, but... I've kind of heard it. I looked at it. I don't know. I guess there there was some sort of Spartan, like the way they reared their children was like particularly rigorous. Yeah. But and I could not find this building. children on the side of a cliff. Yeah, interesting. But Colbray shows up. He already like has his like sword out, ready to fight, and he's like, "Oh, I thought about what you said. Thought about what I be- became." And also, like by the way, like Ron Perlman is not even looking that his sword is out, right? I yeah, think but like he, kn- he clearly knows. I guess so. He's like guard. Like I don't know. His whole demeanor is just like very peaceful. Like I'm just focused on gardening. Like. I don't look at you when I'm talking to you. Yeah. Uh, he's just rude. He has no manners. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but he's like, I thought about what you said, and I don't want to change. And uh-oh. Perlman's like, I saw what's in your heart, and I reached you. And he's like trying to call his bluff. So he like fucking takes a knee. He's like, I know you're you're good. You wouldn't just murder me. No, he fucking he does. murders him. Like, what happened to that scene two seconds ago? Does he just grossly misread this and is like cocky enough to believe that he convinced this guy in two seconds? He's to high never in kill his him? own supply, baby. Yeah. Or like, but what happened to that thing two seconds ago where he's like, I'll fight. Like, I can still fight. Yeah. We just don't have to kill each other. Like, that does not seem to be his philosophy here. I guess I I think I think what he's doing is just doubling down thinking like I don't think he's going to kill me like like and he, he thought putting him to the test would be the thing to change him I think. Yeah. That's my guess. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so anyway, the messenger is dead. Womp womp. We kept to Max Dojo office and Mythos is like fuck it and he made a decision or whatever and Joe is obviously like no, he's your friend. <laughs> no. He's uh, a peace and order fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Joe has the funny line of like, yeah, I kind of like the other Mythos. Right. Like, and this pisses off Mythos. He's like, I'm going to go look at graffiti in the men's bathroom. And he storms off. And Max, like, it's Richie's decision. I have to respect it. And Joe's like, doesn't agree. It's just going to get him killed. Like, what's that matter? Uh, Max, like, I told him to survive. That's what he does with it. So that's part of the scene. So now we're intercutting. Now, do we want to tackle this whole scene first? Yeah, we should talk about the intercutting. Okay, sure. So, so now we're back. The Perlman Garden. Colbraith is just sitting in a chair. Chilling out. And Richie rolls up on him. And it's like, oh, hey, hi. Yeah, and this is, like, friendly. And Colbraith's like, oh, I never thanked you for, like, saving my life or whatever. And Richie's like, yeah, it's no problem, man. It's, like, it's what he teaches, bro. Yeah, and then Richie's totally fronting because this guy's like, oh, man, like, how do you get by without a sword? And Richie's like, I don't know, man. It's hard. It's like, (laughs) it's been, like, ten minutes. Right. (laughs) This just happened. Two seconds ago. You have no idea how it is. That's like somebody going on a diet being like, oh, this is killing me. How long have you been on the diet? Like, since yesterday. It's like, relax. Yeah, chill. He's like, how do you last so long without a sword? Well, I guess faith can take you a long way. Faith? I don't have any faith. Ooh, and then he pulls his own sword. Rut-row. This guy looks like he's the owner of a fast food chain that likes to shoot zebras or something. It's like a safari outfit. <laughs> <laughs> like, he really looks like a Hemingway-esque character. Yeah, give me the most endangered animal <laughs> right, I can I'd kill. I'd love to kill it. 
So now we're, again, we're intercutting back and forth between this garden scene and the office scene. So Joe's still trying to convince Mac to do something. And he's like, oh, it's about integrity. That's what Mac says. And to me, this is like, this is like the promise thing again. Like Mac has this bizarre code that he lives by that is like weirdly unmovable like and shallow in terms of like the the variables it accounts for i don't know this did not bother me just this because i think what he's saying is like oh like richie has made a decision he like wants to try to live his life by these principles like it's not for me to disturb that like i suppose i think that's what he's trying to say it's like like richie's trying to live his life with integrity and it's not for me to try to stop him from doing what he thinks is right I well, no, no, no. I, I would say this is I, I would say it's not about richie trying to live his life with integrity max not interference is what mac thinks is integrity no i don't think that's what he's saying i mean i guess that's possible but that is not at all how i interpret it yeah that's comment. what they're talking about like mac is like this is about integrity this is i'm not going to interfere with richie's decision Right. Well, I think he's saying about Richie's integrity, even just with the quote that you just delivered. But I don't think so. No, I think it's the integrity of interfering. <laughs> I don't think so. Mackie's interferes constantly. Like, constantly. If they mean that, it's like the most bald-faced lie the show has ever told. Well, perhaps it is. But I don't get, like, if you reverse this, like, you're saying, oh, well, Richie wants to live with integrity and Mac is trying to respect that. Even if he is li- living with integrity or whatever it is, which I, I, I still don't agree with that because then that would make mac think that he's not living with integrity what do you mean i don't know because he like kills people and stuff no are you just saying the decision is no he's saying like he's trying to do what he personally believes is right like he's trying to richie's trying to live in what he himself defines as living with integrity right okay fine let's go with that i'm still not 100 convinced but if you it's about how that's a danger to himself if you reverse this like because in Richie's, this is a this is a fantastical situation that does not apply to people in any way, like to not fight in this regard. But it has put Richie in a dangerous situation. Like, let's say this. Well, it does. I mean, I only let's have, say somebody I only agree with that. Well, I would say like, what if this is someone that decides they want to live their life by doing drugs of a particular kind because they like it a lot and it makes them feel really good, but you know it's hurting them. Would you make this same argument? Like, especially like this person's. <laughs> This is a pretty false equivalent. Uh, maybe. He's do, he's but, like, I, but I think the danger yeah. is there. Like, they're arguing, like, sure, he's made a decision, but it's a dangerous decision that will end up hurting him. That's why you have to act. Like, I understand. That is what they're saying to Mac. Right. And so, I, I mean, I think that's applicable to other scenarios. And to say, like, oh, it's just about integrity. It's like, no, it's dangerous. This is a dangerous choice he made. That's, that's the thing. So, it doesn't matter that he thinks it's for a good reason. I don't know. I think we're describing, in some ways, we're describing what's going on here too narrowly. Like, this is all, like, a big allegory for, like, pacifism and the way people who are not immortals live their lives. And, like, you know, we hear disturbingly often because there are occasions to have such conversations. Like, the only thing that stops a good guy with a gun is a bad guy with a gun. Like, a permutation of this debate happens every day. Like, I feel like we're defining the scope of, like, the philosophy being espoused too narrowly. We see it in the way nations interact. We see it in the way, like, people describe self-defense and gun control and weaponry and what people's personal responsibility for the safety of others is. And, so on and so forth. Hell, we see it in the Bible with turning the other cheek and whether you do that and what the what are the, what are the contexts in which you choose to use force against an aggressor. 
And like, I suppose, but it is different when someone is in the presence of an aggressor constantly or being forced. Like, if this was a police officer that said, I'm no longer going to carry a gun or wear, you know what I mean? I might say, it might be the entire nation of England. Well, that's a different scenario. Well, there's different, uh, Uh, we're getting into deep stuff. But I mean, I I think this is meant to be like a complicated, nuanced thing. Perhaps. Yeah. And like, pacifists are not new. No. And in fact, there are many people who, during many wars that have taken place, have carved out these sorts of positions and there's a push and pull because there is exactly this tension that mac is kind of talking about like you know it only takes one person to disturb this but at the same time like our goal is for everyone to lay down their weapons like i don't know like richie i feel like we're describing richie as though he's carving out a position that is not in some ways as though it's not a very prevalent idea in other aspects of life all right, and, and, that's are, and they are applying it to the fantastical situation of immortals fighting each other. But these are debates that would rage on throughout history about how you respond to aggressors and like what people's natural dispositions should be, and you know, sure, and so forth. Anyway, I don't think Mac's position on this is that unreasonable. Hmm. Like if Richie was just a fucking Quaker during World War II, like you could envision this fight raging out. What you're not going to go fight the Nazis? The, the goddamn a, Nazis. No, that's. A, but there's a slight different argument there. <laughs> We're really getting into this. Uh, feel free to chime in, Amy, if you have a thought. I do not. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but that argument is different because. Oh, what, you're not going to go fight the Nazis in World War II? You're a Quaker. But you're here on soil, and you're on American soil, and you are not about to get killed, well, quite yet, unless we lose. Yeah, well, but, the, but the yeah. argument would be very different if you are getting shipped off to France or England or Germany or Italy or wherever, and you say, well, I'm not going to fight when I get there. Well, we have conscientious objector rules. Sure, but, but, the, but the, the, like to go to war not prepared to defend yourself, I feel like you would shake your Quaker friend and go, please, I know, like, but, like, pick up the gun. Yeah. You will get killed. That's, I think, more analogous to what's... Like, Richie's not just a guy just... Like, it's very easy to be a pacifist when it, things are at peace. And But, like, these people are in battle seemingly constantly. Like, people are hunting them down, and he is not carrying anything to protect himself. Right. That's, I think, a difference. I mean, I think part of Ron Perlman's whole thing is, like, I mean, he's saying, like, you know, it, it doesn't need to be that way in the first place. The only reason we're killing each other is because we're killing each other. Like, there's no earthly reason we need to do it. So right. let's all just knock it off. I agree. I mean, I agree with that. I just, I guess I'm maybe more shocked that Mac does, is not more, he's, like, seems very passive in his own way to be like, oh, I guess, like, I'd be like, oh, my God, my best friend is going to get killed. Oh, I guess I got to respect that. It's like, you're his best friend. Like, what put he- up more of a fight. I guess maybe that's maybe what shocks me more about Mac. Yeah. Well, I think he gave it the old college try. And he's just like, you know, this guy's decided he wants to be a pacifist. And, like, mm-hmm. we live a dangerous life. And I don't know. This does not seem inconsistent to me. But it is funny that Mac has, like, a limit on it. Because yeah. of what's about to happen, like, he is eventually persuaded that, like, he needs to go try again. But, I don't know. Yeah. Like, there's something we said for respecting other people's moral decisions, if they're not the, even if they're not the ones you would make. And Mac does often try to do that. Yeah. All right, so, we now get this Spinoza story. Kyle, do you want to lay this on us? So, let me just lead with this. This is not true. <laughs> <laughs> Mythos tells a story that is false. False for Spinoza who apparently is, like, questioned by the Inquisition and refuses to, you know, uh, because of his integrity that he's trying to maintain, like, refuses to tell them what they want to hear to make it stop. 
So they take his land, they yeah. take his money, they take like everything from this guy. And then he then they kill him. Right. And then Max or Joe's like, what happened to him? And he's like, he died in agony. It's like, Jesus Christ. I like the way this story like unfolds. I think this is pretty good. Yeah. But he did not die from being tortured. He died because, <laughs> oddly enough, a lot of, uh, you know, there are several famous philosophers who worked as lens grinders, basically. Like, huh. they would make eyeglasses and things like that. Like Descartes, another famous example. Anyway. You mean Descartes? Descartes, yeah. You, that's why you put the Descartes before the horse. Uh, <laughs> in any case, yeah, he died of, like, a lung condition that they think was exacerbated from him breathing in fumes from, like, His the lens dust. crafting. Exactly. <laughs> from, like, the dust on the lenses. Wow. Uh, is probably what they killed him. Maybe, yeah, Any in any case. They did take his land at one point. He did have to, like, flee, but I think that had more to do with him being Jewish. Hmm. Well, what Adam Pearson says is he died screaming in agony, but he doesn't say from what. Uh, maybe he's, like, hot, like mashing, <laughs> to, maybe mashing, to gay, mashing together various things. <laughs> but he kept his integrity. That's yeah. right. One of my favorite lines from when I was a philosophy major in undergrad was uh, somebody was asking about Spinoza, and uh, he has a book called Monadology, in which he basically talks about, like, the individual metaphysical particles of existence are monads and so it's like is that the guy with the gonads <laughs> and I was like, all right yeah i'll take it the gonads that's gonads. good so this of course convinces mac to take action also he finishes his drink so maybe he's a little buzzed too <laughs> he's like i'm on it he's like yeah i will help him yeah i'm getting drunk and ready for this one and so we're back to the garden and richie gets kicked down a hill yeah leafy hill another connection to the previous episode getting reverend kicked hill. down a hill reverend hill <laughs> Oh, this is like the payoff, there, there are hills. <laughs> are there still hills? Yep. Uh, but yeah, Richie gets cut across the belly, and Colbraith is like, we were meant for war. Uh, so he has a different you know, take on this whole thing. But yeah, so we get the buzz. Mac shows up, and Colbraith is like, the fight's already started. You cannot interfere. Which... Mm, cut to Mac interferes right away. Like, I don't know what counts as interference here. Well, I guess I, I think it's fair to say this is not a two on one. If interfering means two people fighting at once, this is that kosher. If it's just like you're not allowed to do anything that impacts the fight, then it's interfering. Sure. Like if he was just on the over, other side, like a boxing coach, like yelling <laughs> tips. Work the body, the body. Like, would that be interfering? Mm. I mean, maybe, but I feel like we're not supposed to assume that that applies. Yeah. He should have been a coach for Richie's scene with Jennifer in the other episode. Yeah, work the body, the body, the body. But Richie just, like, kind of rolls for the sword this and is... wins the fight by lifting it up. This is, yeah, it's so anticlimactic. Yeah. It is very anticlimactic. And I was actually a little surprised when Richie ends up taking his head. Like, I thought he'd, like, like win the fight, but, like, his convictions might survive more than 30 seconds. Nope. <laughs> he takes his head yep. right away. Uh, and then what happens, Eamon? Uh, we get possibly the worst quickening that has <laughs> happened in this show. Uh, I think this well, is... Why? Wh what are you talking about? <laughs> I think this might be worse than like the date rate quickening that happened. So <laughs> when Mac is passed out... <laughs> Or the one where a house with dogs fucking in it levitates <laughs> off the ground. Uh, that one is ten times better than this one. So it's like we're on a roller coaster ride here. So and he's like spinning in circles. But it's he's like, like green it's green screen. screen. Like he's yeah. standing still. Everything else is blurry and video effect spinning. Like well, blurred effects. This is something. <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's so long. And also too. we also get like 
images of the so- like the starving soldiers in the like in Andersonville. Andersonville. And again, I was like, I thought this wasn't how this worked. I how don't did think Matt you get, get out of Andersonville. Uh, they don't tell you. Did the war just? End? He just is there until the war ends. Yeah, he I don't starves know. a lot until yeah. he's liberated. Jeez, great question. Anyway, go on. I mean, there's not much to go on about. This is terrible. It's just so. It's like purple. It's like purple and tie dye. And Richie's just kind of waving his arms around, like whoa. <laughs> yeah. It looks like one of those like make your own music videos at the mall. Yeah. Like, it does look a, like that. It's like a karaoke background. And Richie is like orgasming. Yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. He does a lot of a lot of jizz. A lot of jizz. My bad. favorite kind of music in Star Wars. That's right. Jizz. Jizz. That is in fact the titular jizz music. <laughs> titular jizz music. <laughs> mm, tit jizz. <sighs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so the denouement of this episode, that's it. We're back at Max Loft, and uh, we get a nice three shot here of Mythos is in the foreground, Richie's in the midground, Mac is all the way in the back. This is kind of staged nicely. I thought this was cool. But then, <sighs> this is insufferable. So Mac asks Richie, he's like, do you really think peace was possible? It's like, what the fuck was this whole episode about? (laughs) This is the fact that he did think it was possible. This is the third time (laughs) in as many episodes where they've done this, where they've been like, on the haunted, it was like, "Hey, do you really think there's ghosts?" God, it will tin God. It's like, "Hey, do you really believe that there were immortals <laughs> pretending to be gods?" And then in this one, it's like, again, you're just hey, repeat- do you really do you really think we could get peace a chance? Yeah, Ugh, it's a hat trick of dumb. <laughs> hat trick of dumb. <laughs> Max fiddling with an abacus because he's got to do his math. Fiddle. His maths. He's an old school guy. He is an old school guy. Uh, I know it wasn't the real mythos, but I still appreciate his message. <laughs> But then Mithas is like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm such a fucking disappointment, kid. But on his way out, he's like, oh, old timer. He's like, you got some advice? And I was waiting for something kind of funny here. And it's just like, nope. (laughs) Like, I thought he would have a quip. No quip. Just nope. Gone. And Richie's like, all right, I'm going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to leave, like, head out of town for a while because you couldn't, you couldn't fucking ditch me last time when he tried to kick me out of town. So I'm leaving this time. He's got some stuff to be to gone out. for a couple yeah. episodes, I'm sure. He's really had a rough way to go these past few episodes. <sighs> Richie. Oh, it's true. Let me posit a theory. Is Richie better? Would have Richie been better off as like a fucking street urchin criminal than he would have been meeting Mac? Meeting Mac. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, spoiler. Yeah, well, yes. besides that, yes. 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 <laughs> I mean, concerning his ultimate fate, I mean, and he probably wouldn't have traveled the world. That's true. He never would have had Fruit of the Mare. Fruit of the Mare. He wouldn't have been uh, arrested and six times <laughs> accused of arson and stealing a police weapon in France. Not just, he, and he also committed arson. Yeah. And, a, and, and, stole, accused, and, and accused of it. He, he, he committed all of those crimes. It's and accused film. of a like cross country murder in Europe. <laughs> That's right. He was on a spree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't have gotten to experience all that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So Rich <laughs> yeah, really been So fun. Mac's like, uh, stay good or whatever. And then Mac is like, peace. Yeah, peace out. Peace yeah. out and gives yeah. him a peace sign. Very AP of him. Very AP of AP. And that's it. That's the app. That's the episode. That's ep 5-6. The messenger. The messenger. The messenger. Before we dive too far into this thing, should we make a mess of Eamon's game? Let's do it. (laughs) 
So we're going to play some WatcherTube. I have taken some YouTube comments from the Highlander episodes, and you have to guess the episode based on these YouTube comment clues. Just say your name and then tell me the episode. Are you guys ready to play? Ready, Freddy. Yep. So here is round one. Comment the first. Is it me, or do season five seem to be religion-based? Lilton God. Ooh. Ooh. The messenger? Kyle? Littleton Gun? Yes. Damn it! <laughs> Wait, you were making me say my name? That's why you stopped me? That's right. Oh, uh, sounds like the, that point's forfeit and it goes to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, but it's actually, that's not the episode. Did you say Little? God guy? damn it! <laughs> yes, I did say that. <laughs> that's wrong. Oh, what? Keith, the, why'd Keith, you say yes? Keith. Keith. The messenger. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Round... Fake out and a, not that a fake a out. That was a real fake out. <laughs> oh, fake out. Round two. Clue the first. This episode should be considered a classic. Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Littleton God. That's correct. <laughs> you ass! <laughs> yes. Are th- were there any good comments for either of these two? Let's see here. Like, <laughs> why, real- did, why did Duncan send the new immortal to be trained by Carl Robinson, the other black immortal? <laughs> LOL, LOL. <laughs> oh, that was <laughs> my we question. We thought the same thing. Yeah. And then the other one is, great episode, great message about how bad people can influence the ignorance. <laughs> Not ignorance like ignorance, but ignorance, I-G-N-O-R-A-N-T-S. <laughs> wow. Like, the ignorance. Yeah. Perfect. So it's tied up. Round three, question the first. Is it me, or does TV series start to crap out after season four? <laughs> Uh, Keith. Yes, Keith. Glory Days? No, not Glory Days. <sighs> Kyle, do you have an answer? That was going to be my guess. Shit. I think of a shitty episode from season, season five. five. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, one minute to midnight. No. Round two. I stopped watching at 18 minutes and 20 se- 21 seconds and will resume watching at a later time. <laughs> <laughs> this is a comment. <laughs> that was just a reminder they left for themselves. I don't understand. Oh, you're, Keith is definitely cheating right now by looking back <laughs> at his notes to remind himself of the episode titles. No looking. Keith? Yes, Keith. Prophecy. No. Damn it. Kyle, do you have a guess? When did I stop? What? Which episode did I stop watching in 18 <laughs> minutes? <laughs> just going to read the last one. I'll come up with a better guess in a minute. <laughs> That's correct. I will read the next one. <laughs> Nailed it. That's awful. Spelled A-W-E-F-U-L. <laughs> I can't believe the bad luck. Richie kills Mac's friend and then sleeps with... Kyle. Yes, Kyle. Haunted. That's correct. Damn. Kyle wins. I have a question. Yes, uh, did, did that same person leave a comment on another episode? I think the the time one. The yeah, time one. We've I heard think that so. before. Yeah. No, yeah. that's why I looked back at yeah. my notes. I was like, we've done this clue before. Yeah. I thought you reused the thing. No, this nope, person this is, is a leaving a log, yeah. uh, like a log of their watching. Oh, sp- they're reading when they crumbs to their own the YouTube channel. Oh, on YouTube, can you like filter your like? Is there a, like I, I've never left a comment on a YouTube video one because I'm not a fucking insane person, <laughs> but like, is there a feature where you can like view your comments? Oh, sure, chronologically. Yeah. So maybe that's what that person's oh. doing. It's like they can be like, "Oh, I stopped it here." That's a, of course. That's a crazy way to do that. Also, do you know what, how long ago that comment was left? No, nine so, years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say it, it would have to be old, right? Like you, like YouTube. You click on a thing, it says resume watching. It's like yeah, because yeah, it remembers things. It's a computer. Wow. Wow. Congratulations, Kyle. Sorry, I forgot how to play my own game. Wow, three rounds, huh? Yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Toodle. 
You both whoop whooped. Whoop whoop. <laughs> we got Watcher Chronicles to read. We got Dose. Dose Chronicles. Chronicles. For this episode, first up is William Everett Colbraith. Born 1793 in Danzig, Prussia. First death, 1835. He was thrown from a horse. First teacher, Sigmund Mulhausen. Mulha- mm. Mulhausen. There we Mulhausen. go. Mulhausen. Mulhausen. Everything's coming up Mulhausen. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Original cultural Simpsons. affiliation, Prussian. Unique characteristics. Scar? Hey, yeah, you're right. Nailed it. Right, A scar by his right ear. Finally, an actual characteristic that's not leave a trail of slime. <laughs> yeah. That's not like just... <laughs> Nonsense. Trail of tears. Recent base of operation. Oh, no. no fixed address. Occupation. Oh, headhunter. No. Uh, Degenerate. I like that this is becoming a game. This is more fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think he is? Prison warden. That would be a good one. Yachtsman. Yachtsman. That's why he's oh on the dock. <laughs> That's why he's, he's on the dock. He's a seaman. He's a yachtsman. That's ridiculous. Yep. And his chronicle reads, Colbraith was pretty good with a sword, and he had a chip on his shoulder the size of Detroit. But somehow, I found it hard to be intimidated by a guy who's still wearing leisure suits in the 90s. Ah! Oh, boy. Look at that. No wonder the peace-loving mythos thought he could turn this guy from the dark side. Colbraith was nothing more than a, all in caps, bad guy wannabe. Isn't he just a bad guy? I don't understand. He murdered that. an innocent man. That makes him a real bad guy. Yeah. Uh, he was a villain seriously in need of a makeover if he wanted to compete in the big leagues. Face it, the Kurgan would have had this guy for lunch. What? What? This is insane. This, is we- this reads like fan fiction. Also, it does. Mako was a was a bad guy in a different episode. Bad guy makeover. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right, ready? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This Wait, one's... is it over? No. Oh, okay. That's why I said ready. <laughs> nah. I, thought you were reading, I thought you were reading a fake Mythos Chronicle. Go on. I am reading a fake Mythos Chronicle. Oh, ready? the end of Colbraith? Yeah, that was it. I'm sorry. But there was wow. no information in that. It, it was, was just like the Watcher complaining, like, why is this, this guy, guy cool? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why didn't I get a cool immortal? Me. Just stuck with this yachtsman. Uh, so anyway, here's Mythos's. It just says, known aliases. Mythos, the messenger. Mm, no episode no. title. Yeah, right. Born. This is boring. Born unknown. Death unknown. First teacher undetermined. Everything's unknown. Occupation, messenger. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Any guesses for uh, pacifist? <laughs> close. Peacenik. <laughs> also close. Proponent of peace. <laughs> oh, what an awkward. There's thing. not a word for that. Nope. His watcher, Adam Pearson. Hey, hey there's a clue. All right, here's his chronicle. At the tribunal's request, I have investigated the recent appearances of an immortal claiming to be Mythos. Oh, of course, this is written by Mr. Adam Pearson. After analyzing the eyewitness accounts and cross-referencing them with the primary and secondary source material on the historical Mythos, I am willing to confirm that this man preaching the unlikely message of peace among immortals is indeed the elusive oldest immortal. This is good. By all accounts, he fits the profile. Mythos has been described as a huge bear-like man with a deep, (laughs) booming voice, a fearsome warrior noted for his wisdom and cunning a natural leader of men who would eagerly lay down their lives for him this is amazing (laughs) still i know there are those in the watcher community who remain unconvinced that this man can be who he says he is but i ask why would anyone claim so openly to be mythos if he actually wasn't mythos (laughs) what has a man to gain by such a lie beyond a bright red target painted on his back no i'm convinced this man is mythos at long last our search is over 
That's amazing. That's awesome. That is that, the best Watcher Chronicle in the entire thing, and it's not close. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's that's way that's better. That's really smart. That's really funny. Congratulations to whoever wrote that chronicle. I assume Donaletto. Donaletto. Yes, that one's good. That, that was really good. good. Yeah, that was really funny. He's a bear-like man. Stark. <laughs> the booming voice. <laughs> so, what do we think of this one? I love this episode. Cool. I mean, there are parts of it that are not good, but overall, I am way into this. I like the notion that you have someone pressing on one of the core assumptions of the show. Like, the game is so central to what this show is. Yeah, crazy. To have a character overtly push it in a way that, like, we don't even hear Darius do that. Like, Darius is, like, a man of peace. But he's not going around saying, like, the game should end. Like, he's just generically a peaceful person. Right. To see someone in a targeted way take on a core assumption is awesome, I think. Yeah. I feel bad for Richie. He always gets suckered in by these. Well, I guess unlike other villains, Fake Mythos, who's not even a villain, he doesn't have, like, ulterior ulterior motives. No. Like, he's not sucker. Like, suckering implies, like, a scheme. Right. Like, he actually believes it. Yeah. But Richie, like kind of gets on the hook for these types of things a lot which i yeah, guess makes maybe sense magic is character. real <laughs> yeah yeah maybe go star true mac <laughs> go star true that's, that's a shirt <laughs> maybe go star true <laughs> for true true but yeah i mean i think ron perlman is good in this he is good i wish he garden less <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But other than that, yeah, I, I agree. He does a good job. Yeah, they also, like, I wish they give him a more dignified costume. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, is he supposed to be like in a sweater, ascetic or something? Is it supposed to be like bear? I don't know. I don't sweater. Know. Wait, like what? an ascetic monk? I'm supposed to say it ascetic, but I think it is ascetic. Yeah, or they're just like very simple. Oh, I see. I see. I don't know. Huh? Uh, I mean, that, yeah, that seems right. Ron Perlman's great, and he's good in this. I mean, he's a killer. Adam David Abramowitz doesn't like him in this episode really he Say accused more. him of phoning in the performance on the special features i uh, thought it was fine it yeah was fine. i thought it was good too i mean like could he do the, better the Probably. fact that yeah, i guess so but like the fact that he is so even keeled i think that's part of it like it's fitting it for is the fitting yeah it's just yeah. like he's just coasting along and yeah i thought that i thought that was interesting i had a question for you guys oh gillian horvath says something on the special features which i also don't agree with which she says, it was fun that we got to toy with the idea that Adam Pearson isn't really Mythos. Oh. oh I was yeah. never like, maybe it's because I know what happens later, but I was never like, oh, like maybe the Mythos we know isn't really Mythos. I never thought that. No, Everyone I was, never thought that watching. That would be interesting if they played with that. Like if there was now yeah. a debate about. But I don't Who's even... telling the truth? No, him, him, him. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm... this, this episode never. There's no character in this episode that questions whether Adam Pearson is Mythos or Mythos is. Yeah, the only person that's confused about it is Richie because he never met the guy before. Right. Yeah, they fucking credit him as Mythos. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So just like they're not. That's not really what they're doing in this episode. No. No. Like that's so odd. I don't think anybody reads by the it that way. Framing of the episode, like. That's not a plot point. Mm-mm. So I was just confused by that. It could have been. I mean, that could have come up as like, I mean, if Joe has no information on either of them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought that was strange. It yeah. makes no sense. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Then also, like, as Adam Pearson's chronicle that you just read reads, why would Adam Pearson pretend to be Mythos? Right. He right. Has, right. He literally has nothing to gain out of it. Whereas this guy is clearly using the name to, like, for legitimacy. Yeah, that makes sense, too. Yeah, because why would you ever want to be him? He's he's on the run from everybody. Like, yeah. he would just be nobody. Does, I wish instead of the Culbraith stuff, they got into 
fake mythos's story a little more mm. like as to why he's doing this oh that'd be interesting and why where did his turn come from masquerading as mythos yeah i'm of two minds of this i feel like the way they did it could have worked if Colbraith was more interesting. Colbraith just isn't interesting enough. As you were saying, like, even before he experiences personal tragedy, he just seems pretty evil. Yeah. So, like, any conflict with him, like, I'm never convinced that, like, Ron Perlman has ever reached him. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Whereas if he seemed, if, like, if we saw a version of him that seemed like he was maybe a pretty good person in a bad situation like maybe you could believe that ron perlman was reaching them and you'd be on more of a roller coaster ride but instead it just feels like yeah there's not a lot of tension yeah and we've met another immortal confederate character before in season one episode three lucas desiree lucas desiree who i mean doesn't get much screen time so we don't get to see any sort of atrocities he may have committed as a confederate officer but like he is like instantly like you, you you warm to him quickly and you understand that like he's fighting on a side because you know what i mean like there's some sort of empathy given and also you know that mac has remained friends with him over the years so like there must have been something there yeah uh so we have someone that's on like perhaps the wrong side well definitely the wrong side of history that is also sympathetic unlike colbraith yeah like nothing about him really is sympathetic to me uh-uh. when the chips i mean it sucks that his family died obviously that's sure. terrible but like I didn't feel bad for him before that. It's like, oh, a bad thing happened to a bad person. Ugh. Yeah. So that I feel like that leaves me wanting to like fill that space with like what you're saying, like more about this kind of interesting character. Yeah. But in some ways, like having him be enigmatic, like I feel like that's a very supportable decision. It's just a shame that they didn't use the time that they saved by making him that more compelling. Yeah. Because yeah, there is some interesting discussion. Like Richie's like, if you talk to him, you might get through to like you might understand him more it's like maybe that's true also why did colbraith come after mac that's an odd one i don't think he did oh you think he got the buzz and then just was like oh shit mac's here yeah then they saw each other oh, and i get the impression that colbraith is like in killer mode like he right. fights if he finds someone he fights them right yeah i don't get the impression he was looking for okay because yeah like there aren't many hints in the present that he's evil other than so when we get to the point where he does kill ron perlman because it's like, well, that's unprovoked and it's not necessary. Yeah. But he's not doing anything evil in the episode up until that point in the right. present. So you could just be over all that stuff, which is a good argument just... for like Mac again, like the, the forgiveness stuff. It's like he did some shit during a war that was 150 years ago. You see that person anymore? And also now we maybe know that his wife and kids and sister died. And like there's reasons for him to have gotten fucking batty. But I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, it's not played up enough. Well, we should talk more about the, the like the premise of the episode. I think you hinted at this earlier, Kyle, that no other characters seem to consider this. No, it's like very much dismissed by everyone except for Richie and like pretty much across the board. Joe, Mythos and Mac are like, this is dumb. This is a dumb thing you think. It's like, it's not a dumb thing. It isn't. No, you're right. That's the thing. Like, it's treated like it's dumb. And Richie's like, well, that was a weird frolic and detour I took back in action. It's like, well, no, like, this was interesting and you should take it seriously. You know, like, maybe, maybe you don't do it the way Ron Perlman did it, but maybe there is something to the notion that we don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. And like, Duncan, you don't, you're not like a head hunter. Right. Necessarily, but you fight when challenged. Maybe you don't have to do that. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Like, it'd be interesting if they 
took this a li- in some ways took it more seriously, right. which is part of like when Max having the whole integrity discussion, at least in the terms of the way I read it, like that seemed like he was attempting to take it seriously, but at the same time was just like, yeah, look at this fucking idiot. Well, they don't dive into like the negatives of Ron Perlman's philosophy either, like that he's in some ways responsible for all these dead immortals, like, yeah, like subscribing to his philosophy, which could be debated also mm-hmm. but so it's like i'm left feeling a little un- like th- this episode seems to stake out like a very anti-pacifism sure it does stance in the end which maybe that's fair but yeah uh, do you think that mac should have ever had more of a conversation like another mac Perlman scene yeah I do because like that. i in some ways like richie's ill-equipped to argue with mac about this because Richie's like a kid. I don't know. It's like, it's very surface level stuff. And I feel like, I don't know. There's more to get into here. Yeah. And I love the dip when he throws like Darius in his face. And that's that great. Like, that's like really quality. And it's like really quality for people who have stuck with the show to this point. Mm-hmm. Like that's like kind of dynamite. And like, I do think that there was kind of more to discuss on the whole subject. But somehow just like the way they chose to portray it just like made it seem less like a debate and more like a con in some yeah. way. Yeah. I do appreciate the fact that Ron Perlman is like seeming like is genuine. Yeah. He, we they, uh, they, like I, they dispel all the like, oh well there's a trail of dead immortals. It's like, well no, he didn't kill him. Like he's really he believes this. Like yeah. he's legit. But that, that is still very damning in a way. It's like proof that what he's saying doesn't work. Yes. Right. And it yeah. calls into question like the game and the gathering or like we've had theories before of like they're compelled to come here and do battle. Whereas Ron Perlman seems to be evidence that that's not the case. Right. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. that you have some control over it. That's why I kind of wish they got into him a little more. But it's also cool that he's like a mysterious figure. So yeah. yeah. He'd be an interesting character for like a comeback episode. Like an episode that was in a flashback that you saw something yeah. with him again. I don't know. So yeah. I, I agree with you, Eamon, that like seeing what his, why he chose to do this is interesting. Yeah. That is potentially fertile ground, I think. For any sort of story. I mean, who knows what it could be? It could be a bunch of stuff, but it could be anything. Yeah. Yeah. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. Kyle, let's rate it. How many popped collars? How many four inch fucking popped collars would you give this episode i give it four stars for a four inch pop collar i love this episode for all the reasons i've said it's really interesting i disagree with david abramowitz that ron perlman phoned it in i was into all of it i wish they had taken some things more seriously but it hits most of the notes i want out of a highlander episode honestly if it weren't for that quickening this would probably be a 4.5 for me Oh, the quickening. That quickening is, <laughs> that quickening is garbage. Shit. But yeah, this is a can't-miss episode. It's got the strong moral question that I want in the heart of the best Highlander episodes. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Amen. How many uh, Mythos flip-flops would you give this episode? Ooh, Mythos flip-flop. I will give this episode... I think it's a four. Yeah, it's a four. Ron Perlman's awesome. I was so excited to see him. Yeah, the quickening and Culbraith keeps it from being a five or a 4.5 for me. But this is more playing with the with the stuff. Like, playing with your toys in an interesting way, which... I like about the show. I'm glad there's not like a mortal plot line. Yeah, they don't like glom on a B plot to this. Yeah. It's no, all yeah. it's all this the great. whole time. Right. Yeah. And I, I really like that about it. And just Richie finally meeting Mythos. That's a cool thing to see. Right. Yeah, uh, it's crazy that, it's so crazy that that hadn't happened. Yeah. We've wanted to see all our main characters together. So I like that about this episode. So yeah, this is a really good one. This is a must see. Yeah. Keith, how many gangrenous legs would you give this Ooh, episode? Gangrenous legs. Gangrenous. Gangrenous. Um, Gangrenous of New York. (laughs) (laughs) 
I will give this episode a four as well. I really enjoy the premise, echoing what Eamon said. Like, it does play with the, the what they've already got, which is good. Like, glomming on extra stuff like ghosts and magic is... Another criticism of it is it seems unnecessary when they have all this cool stuff they can already do with what they got. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, let's just keep playing with this stuff. We don't need to do other things. Like, And also, not even just use new mechanics to explore a story, but, like, question the story itself. Like, is this a valid thing? And this is pretty cool. This is, like... This is pretty high up there, like in terms of like mythology building and like this is like i don't know this is like adding the watchers to it it's like oh what about is the game itself even a thing can we challenge the premise in general which is cool colbraith man just i don't like him solely because i had to type his name a lot yeah and also go what the fuck is his name again colbraith like i was like is this a name like i was it was very upsetting to me to write his name <laughs> um, very upsetting. Very upsetting. Um, no, I think this is a great episode. Having Ron Perlman in the show is cool, just because. I mean, at the time he wasn't as big of an actor as he is today, I guess. But uh, truly, but it was great. I don't know. He has a good straight uh, screen presence and yeah. stuff. Um, also, I think there's like a funny underlying thing that I didn't even think of till we were kind of talking about it. Like Richie seems so disappointed in real mythos. It's like what you know, like you know he's just so casual and it's like he doesn't have any gravitas the way like ron broman seems i don't know he's like slow speaking he's he sounds like he has real wisdom <laughs> except it's all kind of phony baloney stuff because he's not really five thousand years old i think there's like a very subtle hint here it's like no, like mythos does have the right advice like he did figure it out and it's like eh, whatever like that's yeah. like that's legit like after five thousand years that what he really did figure out it's like Whatever. whatever like and yeah. whatever and like he actually might be right like he's actually the right character like you don't think he is because you think there's more to it there isn't there isn't much more so whatever have a beer enjoy it i don't know but yeah yeah so i think that's kind of cool but yeah this is a great episode glad the stands like has has like an episode to do uh i feel bad like stan doesn't how many quickenings has stan had on this show is this really the, only the second? Has he had another one? He's had at least two others that I can think of. Which ones? There's the Mako. Mako, the paint guy. The oh, the paint, paint guy. guy. Yeah. Is uh, that it? I feel like there's more, but I Mikey. can't remember it. Mikey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mikey. Yeah, Mikey. that one's at least like, okay. I just feel bad. Like, he, he like Adrian gets to do one of these every episode, yeah. and it's all like cool oh, and flashy. And Innocence, he has that quickening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, oh, Stan gets to do a quickening in this episode. Like, here we go, guys. I don't get much of these. And this is like, shit, Whoa. shit, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Oh. oh, the girl's wife. So this is like the girl's wife. Jennifer's, right, yeah. Jennifer's husband. Yes. Yeah, that quicken, that quickening. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's had a few. Yep. Yeah. Fours across the board. Very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Great episode. Don't right. miss it. Well, thanks again for joining us this episode. Make sure to head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Make sure to subscribe if this is your first episode, or leave us a rating if you like what five you've stars. been hearing. That's right. Five stars. Five pop collars. That's right. Five pop collars all the way up. Protect the neck. Got to protect your neck. Protect your neck. Who's Wu-Tang, that from? That's a Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang That's a Wu-Tang rap, right? I believe so. Not Wu-Tang. fuck yes, with those guys. It is the Wu-Tang clan. They ain't nothing to fuck with. That's right. The Jizzle, the Rizzle, Inspector Deck. Also, make sure to head on over to our brand new Highlander Discussion Facebook page. Aside from our regular official Facebook page, which you should already be subscribed to, make sure to check out Highlander Rewatch Discuss! Exclamation point, which is a closed Facebook group. You can just, you know, request a membership or whatever, and uh, it's a group that gets to discuss what we're talking about on the podcast in a more long form format long form format it's like the magazine version that's right yeah the brochure <laughs> the brochure coffee table the coffee quality. table ready brochure yeah very good uh so yeah thanks again for joining us this week and make sure you join us next week for another hard-hitting episode these are, there's some good episodes coming up now i think, I think yeah but like season 
this season like took a while to get going, but there's some like now, hits. now there's some heavy hitters. So mm-hmm. join us next mm-hmm. week when we're going to be talking about episode ten, the Valkyrie. Heyo, and the debut episode of director Richard Martin, who we met at the convention. Richie. That's right, Richie. Another Richie to add to the mix. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for joining us. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Layman. Bye. Bye. The messenger also tries to convert delusioned Colbraith, whose bloodlust is unquenchable is due to disillusioned? a disillusioned. What did I say? Delusioned. Delusioned. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. Delusioned. Check out my delusion, Michael. Um, <laughs> let's try that again.